before you listen, we want to let everyone know that explicit discussions and descriptions of sexual assault are detailed in this episode. If you're around a sensitive audience or have experienced sexual assault in your own life, you may not want to listen. If you are someone who has experienced sexual harassment or assault and wish to speak with a trained professional about it, you can go to rain.org and reach someone at their 24-7 hotline. Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan. I'm with Trace Armstrong and Rob McIntyre, who did a great job of filling in last time while I was gone. Happy to be back. Uh, we're here to talk about The Ruins, one of the most most anticipated episodes that we've ever done for the show. Today we'll cover episodes one for one to two. Um, it's still TBD at this point how many episodes it'll take for us to cover this season. It'll probably be three, most realistically. Um, we, for this upcoming week, tomorrow we plan to release our, or at least record, I don't know when we'll actually release it. We'll probably release it earlier this week or at least right after we record it. But the season 37 draft of Spies, Lies, and Allies. And then later this week, uh, I think we're probably going to do a, a predictions episode on Spies, Lies, and Allies um, just to give everyone some more content right before season 37 releases, August 11th. So today, The Ruins, um, probably one of the most controversial seasons in the show's history. Um, right off the bat, I mean, I think we're probably going to talk about the controversy and everything that happens, um, just because it colors so much of everything that happens this season. Um and we spent a lot of time talking about how we wanted to handle this. Um, and we definitely wanted to talk about it just because it doesn't feel right to just completely hide it and not discuss it. Um, it would feel a little bit disingenuous if we just took the easy way out and um, tried to hide in, any, like, in, any speak of it. So, I mean... We, I don't want to speak for Trace and Rob, but I definitely spent a lot of time um, going through any information that probably existed on what happened um, and tried to be as informed as possible coming into this. Um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys think? I don't know if I've spent as much time as you have over the past couple of weeks, but I think over the past time since I started watching the show and was more aware of what was uh, – the incident, um, I, I've spent a decent amount of time just combing through things and seeing if you can find any information. And there's really not that much available um, in terms of what happened. It's mostly just here's what the cause of the events that happened later. Here's what the results of those effects were. And then that's that's a lot of what it is. Yeah. And I, I did a lot of research on this as well. And I tried to talk to a couple of people who were lawyers and I sent this to a lawyer friend of mine and he looked at it and he and I discussed it a little bit. And the, the glaring conclusion that I came from is that there's not a lot of hard evidence about any of this. The only thing we have are some basic facts that are very easily seen just watching the show. Everything else, I don't know that we're ever going to know what really happened there. And I would say we have, there's not a lot of evidence made available to us, I think we should say. Yeah, there's not a lot in the public record. How about that? There are some hearsay, and then there are some strong denials, and I don't think we're ever going to... The only people that know what happened 
the specific incident people are going to talk about, the only people that know what happened were the people that were in that room. And that's, that's as far as that can go. Everything else that's in the lawsuit and in the papers that I, Tanya had a pretty good case. They definitely, she definitely had a good case for negligence. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think I read through the court document, um, that's been made publicly available. Um, most of it, at at least the, the part that kind of centers around the, the hard evidence that we have available about the incident. And I mean, we, we should just say what the incident is, because I mean, what percentage of the people listening to this right now do you think have no idea what we're talking about? I would say with our listenership, the amount of people that don't know would be very low at this point. What's very low? 20? I'd say 15 to 20% have no idea what we're talking that about. That seems low. I think it's more people than that that aren't really aware. Okay. Well, either way, let's... let's. So the... The general allegation is that Kenny and Evan sexually assaulted Tanya. Um, and I mean, we could read directly from the court document too. And I don't know, I have it pulled up right now and we can just quote off of this um, because I don't think that would be a bad idea. And that way it doesn't kind of like, we're not trying to like, we can just read off what the allegation is. Yeah. And so, And again, I'll, it's I'll an refer- allegation. Hold on before we go further. This is an allegation. It is not a proof of fact. And I want to say that not because I'm defending anybody. We just need to be very clear that it is an allegation. All right. So I'll read through this quickly. Um, This is on page 10 of the um, court document. It says approximately eight days into filming of the real world ruined show. A non-competition day of filming. Defendants provided the cast members with large amount of alcohol and cast members spent the day at the pool while continuously being filmed by approximately two or three film crews. The cast members began drinking before noon, including wine and hard alcohol, and were only given a limited amount of food. Plaintiff, being Tanya, uh, became very intoxicated. Late in the day, a male cast member forcibly removed plaintiff's bikini top and threw into a tree. Plaintiff thereafter, thereafter left the pool to return to the bunk area. When plaintiff left the pool area, defendants Santucci and Starkman followed plaintiff to the bunk area. Santucci and Starkman continued to harass and torment plaintiff as she struggled to get into bed. Plaintiff's high level of intoxication was obvious, and she struggled to get into her bed and attempted to fend off Santucci and Starkman. Santucci squirted lotion on the plaintiff's head several times. At the same time, another male cast member threw baby powder all over plaintiff's face and body, so that the plaintiff had difficulty seeing. The males blocked plaintiff from getting into the bed. Plaintiff attempted to stop the males, telling Starkman, don't, quote, don't touch me, and stating, quote, I want to go to my own bed, quote. In response, Starkman attempted to hold plaintiff, which plaintiff attempted to stop. Plaintiff told Starkman she wanted to go to her bed, and she did not want him touching, or want, want him to touch or hug her. Um, soon after this exchange, plaintiff passed out on the floor. Santucci and Starkman slapped plaintiff hard on her face several times, but plaintiff did not stir or respond in any way. Santucci and Starkman continued to touch plaintiff, but plaintiff did not become conscious. Female participants also attempted to revive plaintiff, but were unsuccessful. Nothing that plaintiff, noting that plaintiff was passed out, 
to the point that she could not be awoken, even with aggressive physical contact or cold water, Santucci and Starkman took another male participant's toothbrush and rubbed the toothbrush around the plaintiff's genitals, including rubbing her labia and inserting the toothbrush into plaintiff's vagina. The following morning, unaware of sexual assault, plaintiff noticed that she was sore in her vagina and had lacerations slash rash-like abrasions on her labia. Plaintiff assumed the lacerations slash abrasions were some sort of rash caused by her participation in various physical challenges, but took note of the unusual nature of the lacerations. Throughout the, and this is pretty much where it winds to the close of, I guess, really the core of what the accusation is, but throughout the sexual assault, other cast members were present to watch Santucci and Starkman sexually assault plaintiff. In addition, the sexual assault occurred in an area filmed with cameras that followed any activities or conversations of the show participants. Given that the cameras, and this is the last part before we close, but I think this is an important part to read. Given the cameras were monitored, plaintiff asserts that corporate defendants, in this case being Buna Murray, were aware of the events as they occurred, but failed to take action to intervene. Additionally, plaintiff asserts based on the presence of cameras and monitors, as well as multiple cast members, that corporate defendants were aware of the battery, but failed to inform plaintiff that it had occurred and failed to take any remedial or disciplinary action against individual defendants. And then it goes on. Um, you can find this pretty easily. I don't know if we should post a link to this, but you can find this pretty easily. If you Google it, you can find it. It's not hard to find. It's pretty public. Yeah. So I think we... Go ahead, Rob. So I think we can take from there clearly very serious accusations against both Kenny and Evan and MTV. Um, and then beyond that, we know there was, we are, we are confirmed that there was a settlement, correct? Yes, there was a settlement of some kind, but it was sealed. So no one knows the terms of the settlement or anything beyond that. It basically closed the matter. Tanya allegedly, I would assume, got a check and that was the end of it. So I think we can pretty much just take from that. That's clearly, if not 100% the reason, a clear contributing factor as to why none of the three appeared have appeared in the show since the challenge rivals. And then from then on, I don't know, like there's just not much other opinions I have on it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that we've, I mean, that's always been speculated with why Kenny and Evan have never been on the show. Um, I think we've also heard, and I, I guess we'll be very, clear here with when we th- when we have s- something as fact and when something is pure speculation. Um, mm-hmm. So that statement that that's the reason why they haven't been on the show, that's speculation, along with the fact that we've heard from other people that the reason why they actually haven't been on is because it's for insurance reasons stemming from this, right? That's also which, speculation. Which, one of the, which in many ways are kind of one and the same. Agreed. Um, the... Something that I had always heard, um, or I've heard on multiple cases, and I feel like the two of you would also say the same, and that I did not see in the court documents, is that the next morning, um, there were a group of people that approached Tanya about this and it told her what had occurred. Um, I, I have heard that, but I can't say I've heard that from any like anybody that sh- I should be yeah. taking any good information from. Yeah. You know, it. Let, I want to tread very carefully here. 
So there are multiple versions of what happened depending on the cast member and who knows how truthful they're being or not truthful. So I don't even want to speculate what they're saying is true. I just want to merely state what other people have said and leave it at that. Um, Susie and Sarah claim that none of none of that happened in terms of the assault. Now, this is my pure speculation based on the way people were teasing Tanya. I 100% believe someone ripped her bikini top off and threw it in the tree. And the people that she accused of it, I would speculate that would probably that I would not put it past it watching the ruins right now. There was a lot of liquor and people very much misbehave this season. It was really bad. Yeah, there is a brain candy podcast out there. I don't know exactly which episode it was, but I definitely have a, a strong memory of it um, from when it was initially released where they go heavily into detail. Um, they do? Into, mm-hmm. Yeah, they go very into detail on their beliefs and feelings about this. Um, my memory of that podcast was that Susie said that it did not occur and that there's no way that she would be associated with Kenny. Um and be friends with him if he was involved in any, anything like this. And so whether or not th- that, that's just one person's opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, was she, we, we, we don't have any information, right? We don't know if she was in the room. We don't know if she was able to see any of this. Like that's just what she said on a podcast. And so that's one piece of um, the narrative around this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, what, and also what, depending on who you listen to there, there, there might be a misstatement in those allegations because the cast that have talked about it have said that the incident occurred on a day in which no cameras were present because during the ruins, the way it worked is they had a six day week of shooting and then they had a day off at the house without cameras and the incident, the day of the alleged incident, it happened on a day where there were no cameras present. At least that's what other people have said, whether that's true or not. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that is, is what has been said. Which is interesting because that's in contradiction to the court document, right? What I just read through. And that there were, the, the argument of the attorneys was that there were uh, cameras present and that they should have informed Tanya about what was going on. And real, like it realistically, if that was occurring and there were cameras present, like that's fucking insane. Like, yeah. how can you let that occur? Right. Well, it's also, I, I would say it's not necessarily a contradiction because it says their cameras were present, not necessarily that they were filming. Yeah, but, like, do you think they just have cameras, like, they're, like, pointed at people? And not uh, they have some stationary cameras, we know, just in rooms. Not at that time. Yeah, no, I guess you're right. Well, Maybe there were, but I didn't see one. Maybe they didn't use it. Maybe I they think that there would be some it. stationary cameras in present in some of the rooms. They might have not been using that for show, for, for, for show footage at that point. Well, she yeah. said, so this is this is the quote from the document, Rob. It says, quote, given that the cameras cam- cameras were monitored, end quote. Um, so they're trying to pretty much make the assertion that, like, people were viewing them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well I th- I, yeah, I think people were viewing them and whether or not they're being filmed or separate. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. It, Go ahead. Yeah. I'm not even talking about them being filmed. I'm, I guess I'm talking about the fact that they were being viewed, I guess. Right. Like, if yeah. they were being viewed and it occurred, that's insane. Um, what, so that, what, one yeah. thing, so I guess there are two things that we haven't stated to this point that are kind of fundamental to our beliefs about this. 
all, all of us agree on this. All of us are in complete lockstep on this. Tanya should not have been on this season. No. It's absolutely negligent that she was ever cast or well, I don't know about cast, but at least allowed to be. I think their conduct around filming her is of particularly bothersome to me. Just that the the way they make light of a lot of the situation, I would say, is problematic. Yeah, yeah, and it's I mean, pretty. It's... it's pretty awful. Like that's the thing. Like rewatching this because I was watching it with a critical eye in the aim of us doing this podcast instead of just passively watching it to be entertained, and it's like very unnerving to see her on the show because it's very clear that she's suffering from some, whether it's like chemical depression in terms of like her brain or just severe emotional depression because going through the divorce and all the issues she had going on. And then just the sheer amount of alcohol she was drinking and the way they spotlighted her constantly falling over and doing stupid things like they went out of their way to make her look really bad. And I just like, it was, it was not easy to watch this yeah, go around. It's like, and it's half the, it's half the episode she's on that, that that's being filmed. And so like, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's a, it's a shitty yeah. situation. Um, I don't yeah. think. And, it, and I am glad that what happened to her is awful and it should never have happened like the way that she was portrayed on the show, the way she was treated on that show. And if the allegations are true, that is beyond not okay. The the thing that I do appreciate about this is the show changed after that, where they removed Brown liquor because Brown liquor was gone after this season. You did not hear about them drinking Jägermeister bourbon, anything because Brad's night was directly due to a lot of Brown liquor, which we'll talk to about later in the season. So you throw like all of that into play too. Like it's just bad. They've since taken that out. And then now they have to go through health, mental health exams to be on the show. And people have been disqualified. Um, Adam from real world Vegas was supposed to be Nani's ex on battle. The X is one. And he failed the mental exam. So he didn't make it. Do we know that they didn't have them at all before that? They just weren't of the same string. Like they weren't the same. I would imagine they had them, but they were not like taken seriously because quite frankly, the early days of reality TV, the more mental of a hot mess you were, the more likely you were to be on reality TV. That is a big difference from then and now. They don't have those same wackadoodle type people on anymore. I don't mean that to be derogatory, but like people that have real issues and need help they tend to not put those people on reality TV anymore, probably because of lawsuits and who knows what else that have gone on yeah, on I other would, shows. I would, I would definitely say that those people aren't exploited to the same extent that they were. I, I don't think we can say that for sure. Cause we also, we cover a limited breadth of what reality TV is. Well, even just the amount of reality it. TV we watch though, Rob, like I would say that like on, well, the amazing race never really had hot mess people, but I feel like survivor, you know, there were clearly people that, when they were out there had zero mental business being out there. And I haven't gotten that same vibe up until the last season where the other thing happened. We're seeing, we're seeing an extremely limited amount of what's going on. Sure. Shows. I mean, they're there for months filming. Oftentimes we have a couple hour long episodes to watch. Sure. And we might not, and they might, they might just be a lot better about covering a lot of that and only showing the parts of entertaining TV and not what's. uh, It's entirely possible. So I, I don't think we have the, 
the leeway to say any of that. None of us work actually in reality TV. None of us in the production sure. of these things. All right. Then I will say from just my opinion, my opinion, no fact. My opinion is, is that they showcase that type of behavior on reality TV way less than they used to, at least here in the U.S. Because I do remember the early 2000s of reality TV was like, who's the messiest person possible? Let's get them on TV. I would say their biggest improvement is they're not making light of mental health issues anymore. Yeah, and especially on the challenge. Yeah, and I mean, I think we see that, at least in more recent seasons, they've been very thoughtful about how that's been portrayed, especially with Leo in season six. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I guess I take back what I said before, just because I don't have watch enough reality television to be able to have an opinion on this. There's a lot um, of reality TV out there. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I, I think we can move past move past yeah. this strong. I, I think we will have to. Un- yeah, I feel like in terms of the lawsuit and stuff, we've we've covered it. You know, it's uncomfortable. It's awful. But we, no one other than the people in that room know what happened. And it's, there's nothing more we can glean from it than that. But we will have to address Tanya in these episodes because her behavior and the things that happen to her and the things that she does are unfortunately part of what we're about to cover. All right. So we can move on to talking about the season more directly. Um, is jarring as a transition is that maybe <laughs> there's uh, no way to transition that easy i'm sorry everybody <laughs> yeah i mean even when you're watching this season there's because she's so present in the narrative from the time that she's on the season right um it's like the first two episodes are either west or tanya yes because, Rob, how do you think how do you think that they would handle this now right if someone came on a reality tv show now and they would hear it yeah, I mean we've seen we've seen the they've, the precedent's been set where those allegations have happened and like on the Bachelorette uh, the Bachelor in Paradise excuse me for example there was a similar alleged situation to Epicard and they just didn't air the season um, or I guess like Island of the Idols would be the other comparison for something like that was happened um, and they they were, they were extremely reprimanded for how they handled the situation so I think at this point the precedent is just they don't air it well, I yeah. guess and. Even on the challenge, the precedent set a little bit, you know, like people that, you know, have serious things, they kind of edit you out of the show. Like Leroy and Camilla from Dirty 30. Camilla was the winner of the season and she's basically edited out through the rest of the season. Well, and I guess my statement or my question to you, Rob, was not even necessarily about the sexual assault allegations. My question was about if someone came on the show and was pretty much heavily intoxicated like well, you're saying, there were there was somebody who was clearly displo- like had was displaying mental health, like uh, difficulties well, in that realm, and the show wasn't supposed to cover that. Yeah, like how do you think that they would handle that? Um, I think, think that they, I think you'd see a lot of like it now when you see these in- is, is incidents happen. They're like for at least for what we've been exposed to, they'll have the bumpers up pretty consistently. Like if you need help with that, that, that go contact this. So they'll do that and they'll try to, if it didn't happen during, they'll have post game, post the season uh, producing. I think they would have some cast members try to talk about the situation in a more serious and direct manner. Um, if they need to air it, I think a lot of shows just wouldn't air it, to be frank. I think they would just yeah. push it as more far into the back burner, not air it, maybe even not air the show. I think that's what yeah. would happen. I also think that if they had a similar 
situation unfolding with someone who, because I feel like if you're just intoxicated and causing a ruckus one night, like that's that's a different story than being intoxicated and clearly showing you have some severe emotional problems going on. Like that would be a situation where they would come to you off camera and say, hey, you're are you OK? Um, we don't want you to drink. And if you choose to drink, we're going to send you home. Like I feel like stuff like that would happen nowadays. Let's talk about the cast. Um, the I feel like what? one of the common beliefs about the champs from this season is that this is one of the strongest teams in the history of the show. Agree or disagree? It feels like every. It feels like with half these team seasons, one of the teams is the strongest in the show, and the other one is one of the weakest in the show. Yeah. I think you could make an argument between this one, Gauntlet Three, and War of the Worlds Two. Like those three, like you could make an argument for any of those three, and I really couldn't like have an issue with it. I still stand that just based on the strength of the woman on the cast in particular. I think the U.S. Uh, team on World of Worlds has a clear, and they're also facing by far the best competition of any of those three seasons. The British team of the three, like the British team versus the challengers or versus um, the rookies, it's that's not close to me. Yeah, when it I comes to the champs, and I, and I guess we should. I mean, if if you're listening to this, you are at least aware. I hope. Well, I don't know. You may or may not be aware of the premise <laughs> of the season. Each, each the teams are divided between champions and challengers, which is pretty self-explanatory. You've won a season, or you haven't won a season. For the champions this season, the men's side is especially stacked. When you take into consideration that Cyrus, who is very confident, is the worst male competitor on the champions. By a decent degree. And then I would say Johnny's probably the one the one who's a step above him, probably. Yeah. At this point in the show, yes. Because the, the, the other group you've got, Wes, Evan, Wes and Evan, who are both like, I don't know if this is Evan's best season, because it's just hard to say he doesn't get the opportunity to really perform that much, but he still seems like he's in clearly very good shape. Wes is as big on this season as he's on any season besides Rivals and is pretty dominant competitively for the most part of the season. And then Darrell and Derek don't like look like they're in any poor athletic shape at all either. Yeah, it's unbelievable how for the women for the when team. Cyrus is the worst. That's a big team. Yeah. Um, and for the women, the women are also very good too. Uh the real who, who would you say are the um on the bottom? Johanna is clearly the worst. Worse than Katie by that much? I don't think she's that. I think Joe. I think Johanna is worse than Katie. I'm sorry. Katie's at Johanna least Johanna shown did. struggling more. That could just be how the show is airing it. But I, I don't think there's much of a margin there. But Katie is. I mean, they're both champions. But like, Joe, name one thing Johanna has done. Aside from just have the Austin Alliance on Gauntlet Three, that's just about to say have good friends, have good friends like so the think- island. You know, she's not great on the island, but she's sleeping with the guy running the show, so she gets like, to I, stick around. I don't, I don't really, honestly. After I think Evelyn is awesome; she's clearly the the best female on the team. After that, I don't know that there's a huge stratification between that much of the rest of them. I think Susie's second then, and then maybe after Susie, there's not a huge stratification. I would agree. Wait, so Trace, do you think that Katie Doyle is better than Joanna? I do. That's no. And, and what though? The show. 
Like, no. I, I mean, seriously, I, I, what, I, I would much what rather have has Johanna done other than have good friends? Well, what she failed at. I mean, she's never won anything individually ever. What's Katie won individually? Least, she's won Katie's several be, eliminations. Go all the way back to the eliminations. Like that's it. That's it. It no, counts. it doesn't. It doesn't get uh, Johanna doesn't get the opportunity to perform in those. And her one well, elimination, she was complete ass in the ruins. I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say this: No one has ever actively tried to throw a mission or get Joanna off their team in the season. Whereas Katie Doyle, that's pretty much the narrative on almost every season. That yeah, she's on. she still won a season. Still has won eliminations. I, I stand by my I statement. I just don't think Johanna gets the opportunity, though. I think she's so much more like respected by her team. She does not put into as many eliminations. One and done on fresh meat. Katie Doyle is saying, Rob. Katie Doyle is saying, "Look at the scoreboard right now." That's what that's what she's saying. Yes. What's the scoreboard say? Scoreboard saying one finals win to one finals win. One person who's constantly avoiding elimination. One person who's getting thrown in all the time. I don't think the scoreboard's that indicative of anything. I guess that's right. I forgot that I actually forgot that Joanna was on Gauntlet Three. Like everyone that won on Gauntlet Three for the rookies is so forgettable. It's an asterisk. Like they won. They 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 are champions. But they have the biggest asterisk ever. Look, any team season is an asterisk to me. I disagree with that statement. Uh, well, I guess I know I should say I don't agree with the like I don't agree with the principle of asterisks on the challenge because you have to weigh each finals win so differently already. To say there's yeah. an asterisk should, should be an asterisk on it, which kind of disagree with sports in general. I just think that for Gauntlet three, all right, we're getting way off track here, but just for Gauntlet yeah. three alone, the fact that like on previous seasons they've dropped cast members that fall in a final and they allow them to continue as if they could still win, but. For Gauntlet 3, just like the Army, we got to no leave no man behind. Like, it's the one season that they don't, like, they explicitly say you got to, everybody has to cross. I mean, but, like, just by that same token, like, on most seasons, you don't get eliminated randomly for being in the last place in a mission, and they don't tell you beforehand on Vendettas, they did. So then does Vendettas have an asterisk, too? Like, I think you can just throw an asterisk on almost anything. I think you just – the thing is, asterisks, to me, are an excuse to be lazy in how you evaluate things. You should be evaluating everything individually already. So just kind of be throwing asterisks around. To me, it's just lazy. Okay, right. fair enough. So for, so for the Challengers team uh, – There's some really for, sad people on this team. Poor assemblage of competitors. I'll, I'll, I will say that. So Paul and Discord uh, raised this question, and I think this is probably the most suitable time to discuss it. Who would you have to place on the challengers team for them to be somewhat competitive with the champions? CT. So in missions or what? Uh, Just period. In, in the game, right? For them to be able to make a game of this. Can I trade Evelyn to their team? No, 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 no. no. They, they have, have to, to be eligible for, to be a challenger. Oh, I mean, uh, it's CT or Landon, right? Like, that, that's the two picks. Landon won. Well, Landon's won. Landon won. Oh, you're saying to be eligible? I guess it has to be CT then. It has so to be CT. The Paul's, Paul's picks were very good. Two of them I thought of. One of them I did not think of, but also thought was very good. He said uh, CT, which is the obvious one, right? Two, he said Johnny, Tanya's par- partner in Fresh Meat, which I think is a good one. Um and then competitive with no, the champions? No, I've got to throw a flag on that play. Let me finish. 
like this is just like a best attempt, right? There, okay, best possible, attempt. Okay, fair it's enough. Possible, okay, it's possible that there's no way that this could happen, right? So yeah, CT Johnny and his third one, which I thought was very good, was Antoine from Sexes. <laughs> no, Sorry. so what I'm trying to think of right now, I think it's I think they need help on the woman side as much as anything, though. I'm not, I don't know if there's a woman who hadn't won yet, because most of the women who what you would say would be competitive for that had won by this point. Evelyn's the obvious one, but like Rachel's also won. Um so I don't and so and like Jody's also won. So I, I'm trying, trying to think of You a know woman what? Who you add you add Kina and C T to this team in place of Nick. Kina, Brown, Kina the, the win over my heart with Kina, certainly. I don't know how Kina, much she really helped. Wait, Kina Kina won Gauntlet too. Never Kina mind. won Gauntlet too, yeah. Never mind, that doesn't well, work. Was this is how like forgettable my memory is of the Gauntlet Three rookie team? Tori won on that season too, didn't she? Yes, yeah. Tori won that season. What the fuck? Like the the pool of competitive challengers was bad, like really bad. <laughs> um, and you know that they tried to cast CT because I heard that the cast said they wouldn't show up if CT was yeah. there. Like they yeah. tried to put CT on the challengers and the cast rebelled. Yeah, and... there, again, that's another situation we just don't know the full facts on. So much similar to the Polly situation um, in the past couple of seasons. But yeah, there, it, there's it, lots of rumor and innuendo about it. So there you go. Um, what, what about Rob? I have a good one. Brittany. Okay. Who? Brittany. Brittany. I, was, I, I, was, I was thinking. I was thinking Brittany or Svetlana, and they, they certainly would help. Brittany would be the better than Svetlana. I'm sorry. Yeah, Brittany easily. She would have really helped this team out. Man, uh, CT and part Brittany. of their issue is though too. I mean, the thing is with team missions, so much of it is so many of these missions. Um, it depends each one, but like are going to be determined by your weakest link. And if you have a person at the back end of your team who's a problem. There's just not much you can do. Yeah. So, like, if you if you have Brittany and Svetlana coming in, taking the spots of Casey and Siobhan, then okay, maybe we got a ball game for some of these. I've got one. Timmy. Timmy's that one. Calming... No, Timmy's Timmy won. is... Yes, he won. Never he won, won the Inferno. Inferno. He yeah. won the first Inferno? Yeah. yeah. He's on the Road Wheels team. I you, guess you you're right. Tim, you thought Timmy Beggy was not a challenge champion? What are we doing over well, That's his only win, though, isn't it? Yeah, but that's that's like for a lot of those people. Hold on, I, I I believe you. I just can't believe that I didn't remember that. I guess so. That's right, because he and Darrell had their. Th- yeah, okay, all right. I'm with you now. I feel like an idiot now. All right, that's we're just gonna stop and move. Ruthie, oh, yeah. like Ruthie yeah. would help too, because Ruthie hasn't won. That's a good one. I even think like somebody like Lori would be like a benefit, but like I mean, you can just, the thing is, there's like a replacement level sort of challenger that you can just throw on for some of the back end of this team. On the women's and the men's side, to be fair, because the back end of these men, this men's group too is mm-hmm. atrocious. What about what about what is Ace not doing on this team, by the way, as well? This I mean, yeah, like it, a, this he's like terrible. But this, this season was made for him. <laughs> the veteran, lovable loser. Like seriously, it's, it's Will, true. Because you know the champions would never, the champions would never pick him for elimination either. Like, no, he, he would never get yeah. picked. He and Brad were bulletproof until the end of the season. Yeah, that's true. Did Let's Julie ever win? Julie? No, Julie doesn't win. She'd be a good one. She would be I mean, there's a lot of... The thing is, there's like a replacement level challenger that you can just put on the team. That's just better than... We're, like, we're forgetting the most obvious one for the men. 
I don't think so. CT is the most more than CT. Yeah. Is it, um, is it Chadwick? Like, are we, is that the well we're going to again? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> never going to happen. That's not realistic. It was never going to happen. <laughs> if you put Chadwick and CT on this team, champs have no chance. Game over. <laughs> they, don't, they don't air the season. Either that or CT gets so pissed off, he punches Chadwick and they both go home and we're... <laughs> I mean, I think the, the move is Wes needs to give CT some money to, like, get into a fight with Kenny and Evan. And then, then we got a ball. <laughs> That's the way you do it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. No, if CT was on this season, it would have been fireworks because he would have spent the whole game antagonizing Evan, Kenny, Johnny. I mean, would he have? Because if he just goes up against – because I guess Wes wouldn't pick him for elimination. And I, he would probably never get not pick him. Yeah, I mean, maybe he just never gets nominated by that challenger's team. So then he doesn't so, have to go in against – I could see them trying to put Cyrus against CT. Like, I could see them pulling that well, one. I don't think they really need to get rid of him, though. Well, if anything, you know what? It would have made the politics on the men's side of the champions team way more interesting because they would have wanted to get rid of CT. But who's going to go in and take him out? Evan and Kenny ain't well, doing it. Well, they would it. have tried West. Could you have seen them? Well, of course, Wes would have gotten thrown in. I wouldn't have been surprised if they backstabbed Darrell at that point and go Darrell CT to make that happen. I, I think Darrell and Johnny are some sacrifices. But why is CT in elimination, though? Trying to get rid of CT. If you get rid of but CT, I mean, think yeah, he's probably just going to get picked in the ring of possible people to be picked. I don't know. You so also you have the picking... situation too of like the champ, the challengers might actually win some challenges with CT on the team, and that really upsets the apple cart. One of the Rob, one of the that I think this might be the best one um, beyond CT. Um, this might be the best one for the women, or one of the best ones for the women. Shonda, Theo's partner from the first Fresh Meet. Oh, she that, was very good. That's also a very good, good pick. I would, I would go with that one. That's a good one. Yeah, she's also a very good pick. It's just difficult because, again, like you just like you can put her on the team. If she, you just need her and Svetlana or Brittany or whoever, like taking Casey and Siobhan's spots, and then so like if you, do, if you do Shonda, Brittany, CT, and Chadwick. You put those four on and take the worst four people away. How does it look? Oh, they I mean, still it's better, lose. but like I, I still, still think I still think they're, they're getting swamped in most of these. Yeah. I it's mean, so- we haven't even mentioned who's on the challengers yet, so yeah, I, I feel like we should do that. Like, and I was about to the- do that because it kills them that Danny is on this team, right? Danny <laughs> is one of the leaders of this team. Danny is one of the best men on the team, and that says a lot. I don't know about that. I think he's in a leadership. I think Danny wants you to think he's one of the best people on the team, but I don't know if that's – Do you point. really – can you make an argument that the experience Nick Brown is better than Danny? I mean, Nick I, Brown, at least, there's not as much a track record of him being atrocious. I didn't think – like, I think Nick Brown, from, like, a physical perspective, I, I think he's, like, probably just as good, if not better, than Danny, don't you think? I mean, the thing is, he loses, so, yeah, like, Nick gets put in, and he loses to Wes, which, what are you going to do? That's and he loses to your your MVP, Ryan Kehoe, which, you know, is undefeatable. That's so pretty then bad. I, I really, well, he's also got a hurt arm, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't, I, I would, I would rather have Nick than Danny. The, yeah, so, I think, let, let's just go through... The challengers, uh, or Rob, you normally do this. I'll let you do it. Well, but. Trace usually does it, and then he gives out his MVP of the team at the end. Okay, all right, I'll do it. So, uh, for the women, you've got Kellyanne Judd, Sarah Rice, Casey Cooper, who was the MVP for the champions team, uh, 
Kimberly Alexander, uh, Brianna Taylor, Siobhan Torres, and Dean Brown. For the men, you get Dunbar, Merrill, Brad Fiorenza, Kahuta Grindstaff, Danny Jameson, Adam King, Nick Brown, and Chet Cannon. Not exactly a list of all-stars. I mean, to me, you could make a case that Kellyanne or Sarah are the MVPs of the women. I think they could be co-MVPs. They have to be. Because, I mean, they we will get to this when we get to the final. It still blows my mind they didn't win that final, but we'll get to that. All right, so what's um, the, let, let's, let's bring this up now. What's the speculation on – I can't remember it off the top of my head. What's the – uh, conspiracy about them trying to set up them to win the final. Does is remember? there? There's yeah, not I one. I forgot what it is, and I remember. I think not- well, 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 I, I, well. Since the two of us aren't aware of it, let's dig into that one more. And once we get to the final, we, we yeah, can we, we can go back yeah. to that. We can do that one, but I remember hearing it and thinking that it wasn't crazy. Um, okay. The only so- the only conspiracy I know about is in the reunion when they talk about how they make it seem like Susie solved the puzzle, but Evan did it. That's the only like. Tinfoil hat that I, I think I, I've seen people wear. I also um, I really don't know about that one, and I have dug into most of these. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to the final because I have yeah. some. It, they should have won. They really should have. I also um, for the men. I mean, like your MVP is Brad, I guess. Well, I mean, Brad's the best player on the team. I think he's the best team. one on the team, but he makes pretty boneheaded decision, which we will see in episode eight. He does a lot of it. He actually makes a few. Rough decisions. Kahuta might actually have the best performers just in taking. Although I guess in the challengers degree, it might be better for us to stick around in the hopes that maybe he causes enough disruption that they could benefit from. I don't know. I still think they're screwed regardless. Like looking at this challengers team and then looking at this champions team, if you remove the Darrell and Brad fight, like it's a route like a complete route, but you also don't know what happens if instead of Dunbar versus Johnny, it's Brad versus Johnny. Like there's just a, there's so many X factors that enter into Brad getting sent home. Like, and Darrell getting sent home. It just, you know, there, there's just stuff that you can't predict based on that. All right. Do we want to get into? We can start rolling into episode one and some more of this stuff. That's yeah. kind of. A, I mean, we're forty uh, minutes yeah. in and we haven't even talked about. Yeah, we, we got to get rolling. Yet. All right, episode one: the ruins. Check gets the first confessional. We meet the cast. We buried one of the leads on this. Veronica is back on this season. She says that she feels like a re- lead. Yeah, Veronica's back. Veronica's like one of like, the biggest. Yeah, she hasn't been around in a long time. I like suppose. it's a big deal that Veronica's back. What was the last season that she was on? Inferno two. Inferno two. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's I think that's big news uh, okay. because I mean we didn't even go over the the champions cast in detail, but I mean I don't know if we really we went over it. the men in detail. We we skimmed over the woman a little bit more. Sarah says that. Part of the reason she wanted to do is we meet Sarah Rice. Part of the reason she wanted to be on the real world was because of the challenge. Dunbar tells us that her and Kim, or him and Kim, tried to work something out between them after the relationship on Duel Two, uh, but it, there just wasn't a spark. Uh, Cyrus is back. We, we did also miss Paula. Should be on this Challengers team too, by the way. Yeah, man, talk about another glaring miss there. Yeah. 
Danny talks about the relationship, uh, like mess of a triangle, I guess triangle on top of triangle between Wes, Kellyanne, Kenny, Joanna, and Kahada, um, and how that's potentially going to play out over the course of the season. Kenny uh, shows up in his first con- confessional with a karate kid bandana. Um, Joanna says that she's friends with Kenny now and that there really isn't anything left from their relationship that happened on the island. I think that's just something from, for Kenny from the intro. Wes calls Kenny a hated enemy. Um, and this is something that I think we should wait a couple of scenes to talk about, but we'll get into it about how Wes's relationship with Johnny Evan and Kenny is in uh, juxtaposition compared to what the relationship we saw them have the last time they were together. Did you uh, skip over when Siobhan says she's um, putting up an image of being a girly girl and wearing all these nice clothes, not actually caring about the competition, but she's secretly like Machiavelli and is scheming the game in her favor? Uh, she didn't say the last part. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm exaggerating, obviously, but she does. That's what she implies. She tries to break uh, it look like she's going to be a power she's just player. Making, yeah, it's just an image. I'm actually like the best competitor here. She definitely, she, uh, yeah, I mean, she says that like her physical appearance like is kind of like just that, like an image that she tries to put on. So we get to uh, TJ at the elimination ring. TJ comes out. He goes over the format of the season. There will be two teams of 14 players on each team, seven men and seven women. And they will be broken up between champions and challengers. The challengers have never won the show. The champions have won the show. For the total prize pool, there will be $180,000 available over the first nine challenges, split $20,000 per challenge. The money will be divided between the players and put into their individual bank accounts. So if you want to challenge, win a challenge for $20,000, that money will be split amongst the players left on the team. And that becomes relevant because if you win an elimination at some point during the season, the person who you go against an elimination and that person loses, their money then becomes yours. So there's an opportunity for a disparity to occur in the different players' bank accounts. The final for the team that wins it is worth $120,000. And before each challenge, as TJ gets into how the mechanics of the elimination works, He says that before each challenge, three guys and three girls from each team will be nominated for elimination. The six people, three men and three women, from the winning team of that day's challenge will then decide which two men and women will compete in elimination. And so it'll be one man from the losing team, one man from the winning team, one woman from the losing team, and one woman from the winning team. Then we get into the intro. And my note on the in- intro was I was way too low on the intro uh, when we did our season ranking, and you guys were right. That's my one note. I t- on it. I t- it's very good. the The song yeah. is good. The way they come in is good. Um, they also seem riding to just kind of elephants, like riding elephants on. on the boat. Um, also, I feel like there's just a some. It seems like they almost just kind of know sometimes this season how Evan was leading the Hawker last season and West getting that last shot in the intro this season. Like this is where the drama is going to be this season. Like they just know sometimes it's a very good intro. They get to the house. Cyrus says the house is beautiful. Danny gives a confession about how he's now married to a Melinda. The challenger guys are in one room. Uh, challenger girls are in another room and all of the champions are in another room. And I feel like that's kind of good to know just to set the context for the season going forward, that there's three main rooms and 
That's how they're broken out. Katie talks about how she got engaged. And this is where the Wes versus Johnny Evan and Kenny drama starts to build. Wes says that he's scared of the trio and the numbers that they bring to the table. And Evan gets a confessional where he said that no one on the champs team liked Wes. And that Evan, Evan also says that he thinks that Wes thinks that he thinks that he's quote, the baddest dude on the planet. Then after this, we get debauchery. Everyone jumps in the pool. Derek says that he hopes he can win three challenges in a row. Um, and this is where we get the first um, kind of narrative of Tanya. Uh, they show her walking around um, drunk um, and like starts to walk around naked. And this is kind of combined from what we can tell from confessionals that Brianna and Dural give. Uh, she falls down the stairs drunk. Um, and Derek says that Tanya has a, a target on her back from kind of how she's behaving. Derek and Evelyn, Evelyn help Tanya to bed. Um, and Tanya starts to like throw up in bed um, into a pocket. I mean, it sucks. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, remember this, I remember this episode, like I was watching to the end of the duel tone and this just came on and we were doing that. And it, I was watching this. It's, it's just rough. Yeah, I mean, like she's just not in good shape this season. And I mean, we've seen her like not be in great shape in previous seasons. Um, it just sad. It, and it, because I mean, because like we've seen her like when she's like like has it more together. Um, and you can just definitely see a stark contrast between the two. Yeah, I mean, again, we can always. It's just always with it. Anything we're seeing with these, this is just what they're showing us. So we don't know what's not yeah. being shown in any of the other seasons or what's not being shown now. Um, and I mean, she has a confessional where she says she's like a little bit unstable, and it seems like they try to like play it for laughs almost. And it's just, it's yeah, it's it's rough. Yeah, I mean, we get another confessional later on from her where she talks about how she's the reason she could be drinking so much is because she's compensating from stress, right? So she admits that that's kind of one of the ways she's trying to handle her emotions, which is never good. Um, but Joanna and West talk. Joanna says that she doesn't want. West to fight with Evan, Kenny, and Johnny over what happened on the island. And this is where it begins. Um, really, this is like pretty much what tees off the drama from now until the time West goes home. Evan comes out and starts to have, uh, join the conversation between Wes and Joanna. And Evan talks to Wes about how they spoke multiple times before the show started, and Wes said, no, I'm not coming on the season. No, I'm not coming on the season. No, I'm not coming on the season. And then he's here. So Evan feels like he was lied to. Um, in Discord, Paul and someone else, I believe, did mention that um, – I think Paul said he asked Wes about this in a uh, some type of Zoom chat or something about what happened here. And Wes said that he didn't plan on coming, and literally at the very last moment – decided that he was going to come on and we know we know alton was supposed to be on the cast correct up until a very late point in the process and then he was subbed out we can assume based on the language for wes it's yeah. funny it alton almost seems let's drop yes. like this is they're not really supposed to know like the cat evan doing this is not supposed to happen by mtv standards correct i don't know I mean, obviously they're not policing it at all 
but it's not supposed to, it almost to me this honestly what I'm trying to get at the phone calls to, to me kind of reminds me of like tampering in the NBA where everybody's very aware that it's going on because these deals get announced as soon as they're allowed to be announced um, but the league will still like penalize people for it at random times. So it is interesting to me. They just decided to show it directly. I, yeah. Well, they've the, even admitted in the reunions that they do that. Like they've talked about like how, like, Hey, when everybody gets the call for the challenge, they start calling everybody to see who's going. Mm-hmm. So like they've talked openly about it at reunions. They, I think they even talked about it on the gauntlet three reunion. So, you know, this isn't a new practice. It's pretty standard for the course. I think for every season. So, we then move to another scene where Johnny and Kenny are talking about Wes and about the tension that exists between them stemming from the island and Kenny's relationship with Joanna. Wes and a bunch of other people start to walk into the room and are there for what they've all been waiting for, the confrontation over Joanna. Wes says that Kenny ruined any, and this isn't a confessional, that ru- what, Kenny ruined any chance of a friendship that he could have with Joanna. And the conversation begins. Wes is kind of like sitting up, sitting up on a couch, looking down on Kenny, and Wes literally looks like he's ready to kill him. Like he like has like the death stare faced at Kenny, and this is Kenny is Kenny is kind of trying to be like open and honest with him. He says that he's there to do whatever Wes wants to do about having a conversation with him. If he wants to fight him, like what, whatever what Wes wants to do. Like, how many fight? How many like threatened fights does Wes like attempt to get into? And this is right after the duel too with CT and Adam. Like you know, production has got to be like we we could not have this happen again. The thing of it is though, is that we talked about how like we thought they stepped up their security measures after last season oh. because of that fight, and they didn't think that they could handle it. They don't because when the Darrell and Wes altercation comes up in episode two. Or no, it's later this episode. Later it's this, episode. this episode. There's no security around, dude. It's still the members of the cast trying to like. No, there's only one guy. There's only one security dude there, and his face is blurred as he's trying to eat lunch while the rest of the cast is holding back Darrell and West from fighting each other. Like, it, it's ridiculous. Um, so I get. It, it does seem like there, maybe it's just that West is a bit more calculated than CT was at that time. So there's just there's that's just really what the big difference is. Um. I mean, there is, there is a lot of times where it does get pretty close to so, some altercations spewing out. And I do think the one thing that we've done a pretty good job of highlighting, which is kind of bothersome to me that people don't enough, is that Wes was friends with Kenny, Johnny, and Evan prior to this season. We yes. Evan talks about on the reunion how Wes is one of the people he looks forward to talking to when he goes back to his house. We know that that does happen. And then even on Inferno 3, remember, Kenny mentions, oh, one of my friends could come by, like Wes. So, like, they were yeah. pretty friends before this season. Yeah, because that's in in the context of CT going home and the rookie or the, the good guys are waiting for a new player to come on the team. The badasses, you mean? Oh yeah. The badasses. And yeah. Kenny's like, hey, could it be, he's like, could it be Wes? Could it be, who else does he mention? Derek, I think. I think he mentions, no, he mentions Derek and Evan, I think. Derek, Wes, and uh, he may even say one other person, but that just frames the fact that, their relationship before this season was completely different than it is now. Do we think – what percent of it would you say is just the Johanna stuff? That's, that's got to be almost all of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like the way that I took it is that – and just cobbling together various interviews. On the island, Wes and Johanna had broken up – but we're still like working on their relationship. Still even the house they were together, broken apparently. up. Yeah. 
like they were still trying to see what they could salvage or if it was salvageable. And then she goes on the island and is canoodling with Kenny the whole time. And so Wes apparently found out watching the island that that happened. Johanna didn't tell him. Kenny and nobody else warned him. So he turns on the island and sees it, and it was like, bam. So at that point, I think Wes was like, hmm. And that's it setting is, the scene is, for this. It is just it is just really interesting how it develops this season, though, where you feel like almost thinking through your head that Wes would then be the pers- position, person who kind of comes in pole position with everybody else in the house because everybody else in the house thinks Kenny's just kind of a dick who was canoodling with his friends very recently ex-fiance or girlfriend, whatever it was at that point. Um, but that, that's very obviously not the case. What Wes has, Wes is very much, I mean, it's funny, we talked about really how they're in three different rooms, but there's the champion's room, the two challenger's rooms, and then there's the West room in the basement where Wes sleeps. The Wes and Kellyanne room. Yeah, where, yeah. yeah, where Wes and Kellyanne sleep in everybody else's party so they can't actually sleep. Yeah. You know what is interesting too about this whole relationship dynamic is like Wes took the time off after winning the duel. So this is like his return. He hasn't been yeah. around in a while. And it really seems like, Obviously, Evan wasn't on the island. So, like, he and Wes and I mean, Wes and Evan apparently were talking because apparently, like, Evan says, like, hey, I asked you. You said you weren't coming, and I took you at your word. Like, they were talking, whereas it probably, I don't know that Wes and Kenny or Johnny or any of them had talked at all. I think he and Johnny might have talked. I can't, I mean, I don't know. I don't well, know. I, I just remember very specifically that Wes said in an interview that he and Johnny would frequently do shows together up until the ruins and they were like farting and like fine and stuff. Like okay. So it was really Kenny, but then on the show, Wes turned it up a little bit as well. Cause Wes is, Wes has always been a, I feel like since the ruins was really his first one. Like he was playing a little producer here because he made sure to get in conflict and did everything he could to get the attention on him. Do you think it, it's he's that calculated at this point? Yes. Wes. Yes. In terms of just try, in terms of like, I I I invented the Hunter to West scale, so I clearly I think now he's very he's very much like dr- trying to drive the narrative of the show when he's on oh, the show. I think I think he totally is, dude. I think he's hyper aware. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah. no, I think he is very aware of what he of what he is going on and what he's doing. I do think a lot of it is just natural, like like we were talking about when he's giving Kenny that death stare. That seems very genuine to me. Yeah, I, mean, I, I believe that he has a lot of genuine emotion in it, yes, yeah, but I think I mean. he's also turning it up and causing more conflict because, hey man, the screen he, time's good. Like, I think, Rob, I think the narrative of, or the the story that we get of how Joanna is, like, is on the deed to their house and that she will sell the house if Wes th- tries to throw the final. I think that's played up a little bit, don't you? Oh, for like, sure. Are you kidding me? Like, I, I didn't think buy that cool. for a minute, by the way. <laughs> that, that's, played up, that's played up for the show. And I think Wes's reaction for it is played up. Uh, I mean, as we go through this, we can kind of, we should we should try and call out those moments where um, we think is a little bit less genuine. But all right, let's get past this scene because we're like 20 minutes into the first episode at this point. So, but we should also say this first episode is crazy long. Like it's way longer than any other episodes of the season. Un- with, without commercials, it is one hour and three minutes. So it was like a ninety-minute, maybe two-hour premiere. Probably ninety minutes. I would guess. ninety minutes still. 
long episodes. Because the rest of the episodes are 40. Yeah. Um, So Wes is mad that Kenny didn't say sorry. And in my notes, I have, does he think Kenny is actually sorry for what happened with Joanna? (laughs) Uh, Wes says that he's in love with Kellyanne and he doesn't want to sleep in the same room as the champs. Um, Darrell, in the next scene, Darrell talks with Johnny and Kenny about how Wes can't compete with him about anything, which is kind of the, I guess, just foreshadowing for the fight to come, if I had to guess why they put that there. The champs have a meeting. They talk about how they're going to handle the voting. Wes wants to pull names out of the hat for the three men and the three women that will be put into uh, the potential elimination seat. I mean, he's got to try it. What else is he going to do? So if I'm him, dude, I don't go into this season. So let's talk about this. I was going to bring this up too. Yeah, this is the big question of the season. It's just how you play these different roles. Yeah, so like the big question of this is like how how should Wes play this out? If I'm him, I do not come into this season guns blazing, like trying to like pick people off at the fence left and right. I just try and pretend like we're fucking best friends still. Like we talk to each other all the time. Like let's go hang out. Like I, I would agree that's part that's the optimal way to play it tactically. I Okay. Okay. Yeah, but uh, but I think it's that's why I was saying that I think there is a lot of genuine emotion there that he is really upset about a lot of this. That it's yeah. hard for him to keep that bottled up. And I do. And then again, there's also the producer element that it makes a way better show if he's fighting with everybody instead of just being all nice. Because it's not just because he and Darrell clearly have a lot of bad blood from. I don't know if it's from Fresh Meat or what it's from. Fresh Meat too. That proves out real quick too. Yeah, they the two of the Kellyanne involved there too because they, they there's a lot of animosity there. That's definitely an underrated rivalry. West West has a lot of rivalries. That's honestly one of the to this point. That's one of like the biggest storylines that Darrell has on the show because we've always talked about how Darrell, even though he's as good as he is, he he's under the radar. Right? This is the most over the radar he gets. This and Brad. This is and the he most doesn't win. <laughs> yeah, he's not very good at being over the radar. No, bad idea on his part. Yeah, um, this is why we needed West to hang on double agents a little more. Then we could have gotten some of that feud coming back. So, uh, the, the so but I, I get, I get, Devin, I get that you're saying, okay, we won't go in guns blazing. Like, let's, but what if, let's say you do that and you're still going to be on the bottom every time and vote in. What do you do at that point? I don't think they're doing that, though. Do you? I think, but I think it's so much in their advantage to do that. Why? I think they start putting in other people. They just put him in every time. He's a meat shield. I think they start putting in other people first, though. Like, that's the thing. And here's the thing. If I'm Wes. Yeah. If if, if Wes is serious about winning, because this strategy he's employing, there is zero chance he's winning. Yeah, time out real quick. And then Tracy can keep going. Because they don't know Darrell from Adam. You know what I mean? They've never even – have they even spoken with Darrell? Um, Well, so can't – how Darrell is connected in is Kenny and Derek are just won the island together, so they're on, and Johnny at, for that matter as well. They have won the island together, so they're, they're all on good terms. I mean, they, they know him from Freshman, but that was forever ago. And then Derek and Darrell are locked at the hip. They're about as tight; they almost are as tight as an alliance as Johnny and Kenny are. So if they want Derek as a number, Darrell is going to be in there too. And I don't think, think Wes is making. I don't Kenny think Wes is making either of those groups. Yeah, Kenny and Darrell were also on Fresh Meat one the whole time together, so. I mean, they spent a lot of time with each other. Whether they're great friends or not, they still spent a lot of time with each other, and they weren't, like, butting heads with each other. I, I think where Wes fails, in as, mu- as much as just being angry and going in guns, like you said, I just think he needs to show everybody else, not everybody else on the team, 
But the other people who are not in a power position, that they're also extremely disadvantaged by the current situation and should be throwing missions as well. I think that's where he really fails. Because if he yeah. could get Cyrus, if he could get whoever, the woman that are on the bottom of the team, if they can get, yeah, if they can get more of a group effort going to throw these missions, then, then what are they going to do? Yeah. Um, so I think that's his real failure here. Yeah. More so than yeah. just going in guns blazing. The, the way going in guns blazing, to continue where I was, I mean, he has zero chance of winning with this strategy like it's literally a grim trigger as we called it in international relations are you sure he has zero chance of winning yes there's i think it's a hall i think it's a hall brawl against kahuta what happens rob he's he's just being he's speaking generally of course he doesn't have a zero chance of he has i think i I really think if he beats kahuta that elimination he wins I don't know, because he still would have probably had to go against Brad, because who knows if that fight happens. So, anyway, let me just continue with Brad or Dunbar on, like, anything. Like, I mean, that's, like, a better... That's a better ending than the island, almost. Like, if he somehow... Oh, my God. What does he do in the final? Does he throw it? No. 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 Well, he gets more money if he just takes him of Kelly Ann's. Rob, the same thing that happened with uh, Evelyn in the island would happen here, right? They get a whiff of the money, but you start thinking, man, like I could play off a lot of credit card bills with that. I could buy another yogurt shop. But what I'm, but, De- but Devin, if he goes to Kellyanne and Sarah says, "Hey, give me a cut of your winnings," he's making more that way than he does if he wins with the Road Champions team. If he could pull that off, yeah, he's got if his he girlfriends on the team. Again, you got to hope that you can pull that off because like, he's as, still as, as as we've heard, people don't always pay up. On those, yeah. it's his uh, girlfriend. I mean, this is how long have they been dating at this point? Girlfriend, they wife. Really, that's all I gotta they're say. Made very, they're made very tight throughout the course of this season. Uh, I mean, I don't and know. it's only two of them. Like at, at that point, then their team that's that's just bringing out the hypothetical. Whether it's Rose, they're not. I, they you are have, not. You have four other guys and Susie you're sharing the money with. Rob, I'm not saying I think this is cut and dry. Like I'm just saying, like I, I think it's there. like almost like a, a Lockie tries to throw the final, which would be hilarious to watch. That 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 like what is he doing at that? Is he just like not moving? It would be the second season in a row where someone threw the final. Yeah, <laughs> that's just true. Yeah, it's just crazy. So yeah, so to continue with that line of thinking, though, let's say like West doesn't go guns blazing. All right, cool. The way you play it is you buddy up to these people. And then in the background, you go after people like Cyrus and go, they're never going to keep you here. Let's find a way to throw a mission so that when Evan and Kenny are in the inner circle, the other team will throw them in. Like, those are the types of things you have to do. Like, you have to really work some of those bottom players. I'm sorry, like, did a beast really think Evan, Kenny, and Johnny were looking out for her? No. I think she actually seemed pretty clued. I think it's more Veronica and... Katie and like that group. But yeah. I mean, there were enough people there that if five or six people say we're throwing this mission, it's very doable. And then the champion, the challengers will get to it in episode two, but made the classic bonehead mistake of not getting rid of your worst player. The, the, like, they're voting in episode, in episode three, actually is where it, there was a lot three. of situations. God. Where it's a disaster. God, it's a disaster. So needless to say, I just think that his strategy, maybe maybe his emotion clouded that. But I also don't know that the champions are so antagonistic with him if he doesn't start threatening to throw challenges. And the whole reason his girlfriend gets thrown in is because of the threat of him throwing challenges. Uh, the, the, 
I think there's honestly a little bit we're still kind of missing in the buildup of this animosity because they do they do come in and it's just like World War Three as soon as they walk in the room. I do feel like there is still some buildup we're missing there of what's the real fissure that's being caused. Like, do they just show up at the airport and they're like ready to kill each other, or is there something we're just not clued into there? Uh, because like I, I I just have a hard time buying that even if West plays ball and is playing nice, provided that somebody doesn't want to go in to take some money. That I don't I think he's getting played in the big time. Well, I think part I think, of it maybe I think part of it that we may be overlooking is the fact that maybe the fact that Wes thought that him and Kenny were such close friends is what made him as mad as he is, right? So I think, Joe, oh, yeah, I think that's what it is. If Johanna just hooked up with some random guy on the season who Wes had never met, I don't think Wes has an issue with that guy, right? Like, he may, he may have slight, slight of an issue with that guy, but he doesn't have an issue to the same extent as he does with the fact that Kenny, who he perceives somewhat of a close friend, is the one that hooks up with Johanna, right? For sure. Okay. Um, all right, let's march on. Uh... West wants to pull. Yeah, so we're still talking about how the veterans want to choose who goes in. Veronica, uh, in response to Wes's uh, wanting to pick names out of hat, Veronica says that Wes has a huge ego. He's uh, full of shit, and his dick is so small that he has to compensate in whatever he can, in whatever way he can. She, she's really uh, going at him here. Yeah, like by the throat. Uh, everyone starts screaming at each other, which is par for the course for the champs for a while. Um, in the next scene, Sarah, Siobhan, and Devin, or uh, not Devin, uh, yeah. Ian, starts yeah. start to talk about uh, how they'll decide who will go into elimination. Uh, Siobhan says she doesn't know how other people feel about her. Uh, Kellyanne comes to the into the room, and DM says in a confessional that Kellyanne is somewhat of a wild card in the game. Wes says that he's. This is where we get the first talk of Wes throwing mission. Uh, throwing missions comes up. He talks with Kellyanne and, he, Kellyanne and he says that he's going to throw the mission if they try and gang up on him. And this is where we get um, another uncomfortable Tanya moment. Uh, it's a big group of people, Veronica, Darrell, Evelyn, Garrick, and Tanya outside drinking. Uh, Tanya says that she's separated from her significant other and she's living in Walla Walla, Washington. And Evelyn starts to kind of like mock the fact of where she lives. She keeps saying like Walla Walla, trying to mock Tanya. And it gets to the point where Tanya is screaming at her. Tanya is clearly not in a state of mind to be able to... Do we think there's something not shown here? I mean, yeah, like there's a bunch of stuff not shown, but like, I mean, something to trigger her no i don't i just don't think that she's in a state of mind to where she can handle people really like joke around with her right like i think that's kind of what's going on like i just don't think that she's able to because like the night before like we like in one of the nights before evelyn is literally walking tanya to bed right when she's like like falling down drunk and they they weren't on bad terms like on inferno three at all because remember evelyn's kind of defending tanya at certain points when Susie and uh cara are, are making fun of her yeah, so Tanya starts to scream at Evelyn, um, and they're out on, I think, a balcony, and Tanya starts to shove Evelyn through a door, um, and just 
doesn't want to be around Evelyn. Um, and then that scene ends. Uh, she comes to Cyrus and Adam. Cyrus and Adam console her. Cyrus tells Tanya that she needs to, like, and the way that it sounds, uh, like, as I read it out loud, doesn't really come off as the way that uh, I think, or the way that Cyrus intended it and the way that I think Tanya perceived it. But he tells Tanya that she needs to grow some thicker skin and that she needs to not let what other people say about her get to her. Um, Tanya says that she's, this is where we get the quote from Tanya about how she says that she may be dealing with uh, her stress with alcohol, which not great, but they get a clue um, in the next scene. And then after that scene, Evelyn tells Wes that he's not, he, he tries to, Evelyn tries to kind of be the, the peacemaker here. Uh, mm. She tells Wes that he's not going to be on the outs all time. She needs that he needs to swallow his pride, go to JEK, and talk with them because the relationship is salvageable. And I think at this point, yeah, like it probably is to some extent. There is a point earlier where, like, maybe we haven't gotten to it yet, but like Evan says, we're all going to have to go in at some point. It's, it's just like, <laughs> Evan and Kenny, right? You're almost there. It's literally the next scene. Yeah. Okay. I thought, I, was, I thought it was the one before where they were talking about who's going to vote, how they're going to vote people in. No. Well, regardless, which it's like they're in the bedroom and Evelyn and and Evan are talking, and Evan's like, "I don't know what's all going on." So what what I'm just getting at, think about how strained of a situation it is when Johnny eventually is put in by Evan, Kenny, and Derek, and how much of like, I think everybody kind of knows Johnny's going to go in, but there is definitely a very like a power struggle going on there. I just can't imagine that any of those four are really Darrell, or doesn't want to go in, is put in is at, at any point. Wes is being saved in favor of those five. Cyrus, maybe. But what I just can't envision a scenario where that happens. Like, do you guys think differently? I don't know. Like, I, I still think he's at the bottom of the pecking order, but it would buy him time to come up with a better plan. And the problem is, is that just I, I by being... I, I think it's just his execution of his plan that's incorrect. I think his plan is, for the most part, is fine. He just needs to get more people bought in. And that's I mean, what I'm saying. That's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I think that was Trace's point early on is that you don't go in guns blazing, but you pull people aside and try and make them realize the situation that's going on around you. Right. Yeah. Because like, it's so dumb to me that some of these people, like these champions should have known better in a lot of cases here that you ain't on their priority list. Like, what are you doing? Just letting them skate by. Like they're, they're volunteer. They're making sure that at least two of them and at least one female are always in the, the, the circle. Like every single time you've got Evan and Kenny or Johnny and Derek, and then there's Evelyn or then there's uh, Johanna. Like they literally were stacking the numbers and everybody's like, okay, I'll go in. Uh." Come on, it's y'all. That's why, I, why I, sometimes I do have a hard time buying that Kenny Evans' politics would work as well. Now, I just don't think now people would buy that. I think now a lot more people would be on West's side. With what? Like, if if this was a more modern season and this sort of this setup is being used, I think a lot more people are trying to throw missions. I don't think everybody's just walking like a dummy to the finish line. Yeah, totally. But, like, I mean, I don't think in a modern season they would even try this. You know? like I mean, No, I they wouldn't. 
They would <laughs> never try this. Well, well, actually, I mean, I mean, we shouldn't say that so definitively because the situ- the format in War of the Worlds two is not that dissimilar from this format. Yeah. All right. So Wes says that he's using Brad and Danny to tell their team that he's going to be throwing the challenge challenges, and that if he doesn't draw names out of if they don't draw names out of the hat to decide who will be the six people that decide who goes into the elimination, he's going to be throwing the challenges. You could, I mean, there's other alternatives, too. They could just have a rotation. They rotate between, like... Well, if, he goes to a rotation the next episode. Like, he starts... That's, that's his new proposition. That's right. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's uh, no, it's a, little, it's a little more nuanced than that. It's, if you go... Two of the people will be rotations, and then the third person will be drawn out of a hat. That, that's what he wants to do. So, I mean, he's getting really creative on how he wants to work with them, but... He's, he's got a lot of options on that table. We have to give him credit for that. There's a lot, a lot of contracts being thrown on, uh, thrown around there for... But the problem time. is, because he came in guns blazing, I mean, A, no one's picking names out of a hat. Not on the champions team. Like, no. that Evan and Kenny are not... Evan is certainly not picking names out of a hat. No. Ask Landon how that went. <laughs> Evan is picking names out of a hat, and he's completely pulling the uh, Louise, where he's reading the name, and then he's just saying, oh, West, and then putting it back in the hat and not showing anybody what was on the actual thing. After after last season, I don't think anyone will ever pick hat out of a hat again. No. All right. Uh, next scene, Evelyn, Derek, Veronica, uh, and Kenny talk about West. Derek says that Wes is a liar. Kenny says that he's a coward. Um, and Kenny says that he doesn't, uh, they don't need him as a team and they won't, he, don't, he won't bend it. I him. think he's being very upfront about what he's doing. I don't know if a liar is really appropriate. Well, that's just what Derek says. Um, I know, but it's just, I just. Well, you know what? Here's the liar piece of this. He's probably referring to the fact that he told Evan he wasn't coming and he told him multiple times he wasn't coming. So Evan told the champions, sure. hey, Wes told me he wasn't coming and he's here. So immediately that's going to put people on the champions team going, Oh man, Wes lied about this. And I don't think he really did. I think he really did wait to the last second to come. Yeah. I think he just Alton dropped. Like, I and mean, like we see, and we see so many people change their minds all the time and, and anything, but in the, it just happened on, show, on all yeah. stars too. Someone yeah. stayed in quarantine and went home the day before they flew to location. Like, you know, it, the same person did the same thing before Gauntlet three. I found out. So it's not uncommon. There's a quick scene where they show the challengers having a team meeting about how they want to vote. They talk about Wes and about how that he's going to help, how he's going to help them out. Um, then we get into the challenge, and each team nominates six people for who for their team is up potentially up for elimination. This happens before each of the challenge occur, challenges occurs. For the challenger nomination, Ch- Siobhan nominates herself. And then the challengers do a secret vote for the rest of the people. For the champion nomination, Tawny nominates herself. For the women, Darrell and Kenny nominate themselves. For the men, Evan tells Wes that he should nominate himself. Uh, Like, I don't even know how Evan says half the stuff he says with a straight face. Like, Derek tells Wes that he needs to get out there and compete uh, when Wes starts to say that he's going to throw the challenge. Uh, if they don't pick names out of the hat. And we get to the nomination reveal. And so these are the six people for the challengers that will potentially be up for elimination and potentially be up for power. So it's for the women, DM, Sarah, Siobhan. For the men, Chet, Kahada, Nick. 
And for the champions, it's Kenny, Durrell, and Wes, because the rest of the champions voted in Wes. And for the the women, it's Joanna, Tanya, and Susie. So Susie, this is where they make sure the the JEK alliance ensures the fact that they at least have a tie. Uh, Well, in this case, they have the majority in the, the inner circle being Kenny, Durrell, Joanna, and Susie. So there's no way that they can lose for this round. The name of this challenge is called Chain Gang. There's a platform suspended over water 30 feet in the air with a rope hanging through an opening in the middle of the platform. All team members will be fastened down the rope at the start of the challenge. The person at the bottom of the rope will climb up the rope and over the other people on their team until they get to the top of the platform and ring the gong on on the top of the platform. The next person at the bottom of the rope will complete the same process. The team with all of their players up, no, I think it's the team that has the most players to the top wins. And if there's a tie, the, the team that did it the fastest wins. If you unclip before your turn to climb up the rope, you and all the people below you will be DQ'd. And one person can also only climb at a time. And I think that's about it. But yep. there is a, the prize for this one is a portable DJ mixer along with $20,000. So the challengers go first. Let's, let's just zoom through this. Uh, yeah. What do we highlight from the challenge? Not much. I mean, it's a solid first team challenge. I mean, that's all I can come away from it from, you know, it's, it, it's done. It's pretty and standard TV. challenge fair. Like this is very yeah. similar to stuff they do all the time. Yeah. Like and it's one. a good one. It's yeah. good. I think it's entertaining. Uh, we should give Johnny credit here because he is the one uh, to come up with a strategy to put Wes at the bottom of the rope and then immediately above Wes, they put a beast, have a beast fall off intentionally and then eliminate Wes from the challenge right off the bat. So the challengers only get 12 of 14 people across. So all the champions have to do is get 12 of 14. Without a beast in West, they can still do that. And as long as they make it faster than the challengers, they win. Could, could West refuse to be at the bottom? I guess not. I mean, there's a moment where uh, Kenny tells Wes that they're going to put him in between him and Evan and just beat him over the head until he falls off. So this is slightly more pleasant for Wes. <laughs> I mean, Wes would have been more successful in that strategy. He would have taken on more people probably. Yeah. No, I think it's one of those things where – production steps in and goes who's going at the bottom and everybody points at Wes and that's how that goes because <laughs> I mean, there really is a lot of things where if Wes took this to like another level or two like production has to step in at a certain point right like you just can't well, he, he does in some instances and it always comes back to it being a vote right yeah but like what if in like the third episode he's just like tackling people as they're trying to go I don't. What, what, what's the challenge in the third episode? I don't remember. It's the repo race where, like, they have the one that Derek is like running across the top of him. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying uh, hypothetically, there's somewhere he could legit be like just tackling people and not letting them move. I don't. I just wonder what they do. He should have. Uh, I don't know why. That he does should have been the honest. strategy. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a few times where they seem where they reach some compromise, which is quickly broken by the Evan Kenny Johnny contingent. Yeah. Especially what happens in episode two. I'm surprised he agreed to do anything episode three. Maybe episode two shut him up. I don't know. So the champions win. 
they tie the uh, challengers with the number of people that climb up the rope, 12 all. But the champions do it in 23 minutes and 44 seconds to the challengers, 30 minutes and 12 seconds. So is it me or do you do you guys, whenever you want to refer to the teams to the season, do you just want to call them rookies and veterans? Yes. I, really well, I don't do. do that as much. Really? Because I do. I feel like, like if anything, if anything, I'd call the rookies the challengers. I do it instinctively because even the colors of the uniforms are the same as. Well, why don't they ever switch up the color of the concepts? Okay, why is it always red and blue? They can't have like a purple and orange teams. Because here's the thing: back in the day, real world was always red, and road rules was always blue, and so they no, even not real world and road rules anymore. But it's still the real world road rules challenge, so they've kept the same color scheme, even if well, they're not inviting them up by show. Not for long. After this season, that's done. So it's it's gone. Well, we get we a great learned, team at Cutthroat. As we, as we learned from uh, Greg's trivia, the last time that they refer to them as uh, real world road rules challenges, first episode of Fresh Meat Two, Two, right? That's yeah, right. First I got yeah. that one, and then that's that's axed from there on. Um. Yeah. Because there so wasn't the, a single member from Road Rules left on the show after Jarrell went home. <laughs> That's it. So after uh, after the challenge, uh, Jarrell says, and before we get to them back at the house, Jarrell says that he wants to send Wes home. And then immediately when we get back from commercial break and we're back at the house after the challenge, Jarrell says, Jarrell's at the pool, Wes is at the pool. He says, quote, let's be honest. Everyone in the house fucked Kellyanne to Wes. Darrell starts to tra- talk trash to Wes, and he's just egging him on. He's doing whatever he can to get Wes wild up. I was going to say, Darrell really has as much advantage against Wes as anybody. Because it seems like with, like, the Kenny and, like, they're both, like, kind of mutual parties. It seems like Darrell is kind of just picking a fight with Wes, and Wes, Wes has other priorities. And then he gets involved with Darrell. Kellyanne uh, starts to scream at Darrell, uh... She gets in his face. Wes says that the only way Darrell thinks he can beat him is if uh, he punches him. And Darrell tells Kellyanne, uh, calls Kellyanne a bitch and tells her to shut up. Wes continues to lose his mind. Uh, Darrell says, tells Wes that they should go fight outside. This is still the first episode, right? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah we're still, we're still, we're only. 37 minutes into the first episode right now. What does now. he have with Kellyanne? Is it just that she's with Wes, I guess? Yeah, that has to be it. Because he's, he's, he's being pretty, like, this is a lot. Like, this is pretty cruel. It's this pretty is very bad. Un- this, yeah. is very this, is like, this is very This is for Darrell, too. I think Darrell is pissed at Wes legitimately, and you throw alcohol into that fire, and you get that situation, because... Darrell has always looked at the show as a business trip. His strategy plays out that way. You never really see Darrell being like the life of the party. He's there to make money and go home. And Wes starting to throw the challenge, I think really pissed off Darrell. You throw alcohol into that and you get shitty situations like this. It's it's awful. We're all in agreement though, that if they actually fought Darrell would like end his life. Right. Uh, Yeah. Okay. I, don't, I I think if they're like both uh, sober, I mean, Wes no. is huge this season. Do you see how big he is? Dude, he's, he's still smaller than Darrell. I, I agree that Darrell would like kill him, but I do think that Darrell, Darrell is suffer a lot more right. damage than he did in the Brad fight, for example. Dar- Dar- Darrell is like much bigger than him, and he wasn't he the. Is Darrell much bigger than him? Wes is huge this season, and Darrell but he's still be, five 
six. He's not that tall. Let, let's get let's get past all of that. Darrell was correct me if I'm wrong. The Golden Gloves champion of California, right? No, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I'm aware. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying Westwood win the fight. Murdered. Murdered. The train I, I, I just like if I Toronto doesn't look that big to me this season. Oh my god, dog. you don't think dude, so? I, I, I uh, dude, duh, duh. <sighs> all right, I, I he's taller than Okui, but West looks huge this season. All right, uh, so it's funny when they're back at, in inside the house trying to get outside to go fight, and West is trying to get outside, and there's a really funny moment. Where Wes opens a door and thinks he's about to go outside and looks in the room and it's just some room in the house and he's like, "Where's the front door? How do I get out of here?" And kind of he's got like he's got like how many people around him? Like nine? Like the whole a lot. House is there. The whole like house, the house is, is there. in this tiny. The whole house. Is, it's funny. The only person who's not trying to hold him back is there's a PA who's sitting on the couch eating and they have his face blurred out and he's just not getting involved. Darrell's on break, man. Union rules. Multiple people say that, like, yeah. Multiple people say that this all escalated because Darrell said, quote, you can't turn a hoe into a housewife in reference to Kellyanne. Darrell, I don't know, some people must pull Darrell aside and talk him to his senses because he starts saying, like, we'll fight tomorrow or something like that. And it becomes de-escalated from there. But this whole altercation seems like it gets spun up in an instance and is ratcheted down just as quickly. Yeah, I don't want justice quickly, but like the, the Darrell gets like there's Darrell's in like a room and he's doing one of those things where it's kind of like a fake confession where it's not in the confession room, but it's just yeah. talking to the camera. He's, he's on his bed. About how like, like we'll wait on the fight and stuff. I mean, legally, if there's if they have two seasons in a row where they have some fight, like like an actual fight, because there's a lot of fights on the show, but there are some fights where it's like oh my god situation, and it's a, it's a legal disaster. If they have that happen two seasons in a row, they might be getting canceled at that point. We get new nomination. Tommy I don't know that they're getting canceled, dude. I uh, I don't buy that one at all. I'm sorry. You think that's, I mean, that's a pretty big liability at that You're point. You're talking about 2008, where not canceled, the, the trashier you are, the higher the ratings. MTV is like, is everybody okay? Everybody going to live? Well, the ratings are one thing. Insurance costs are something else. Rob, they're not getting canceled. All right. Well, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about then. All right. I don't think they want that twice in a row. At the very least. I honestly don't think they care, to be honest. I like, don't think they gave a shit. There's a reason. Well, they showed that on, like, every single uh, commercial for the it, show. It, it is crazy how even now they, they're they still, like, pumping up. Do like, you remember the like, CT Hall of Fame episode where they yeah, spent, I, like, five minutes on it being, like, this crazy moment in the history of the CT's career? All right. Yeah, I remember. We get into the nomination. Tanya nominates herself. She says that she wants to go against DM, which the champions don't mind. That just helps them out, taking a strong player home. Uh, yeah, I mean, either Tony goes home or a strong player from the uh, challengers goes home. The leader yeah, of the um, women on that side, by the way, too. Like, she was very clearly she's shown. She's one of the only ones that has like, any level of experience at all. Yeah, and they all the rookie women especially were, like, looking to her about what they should do and how this is going to go. And so, like... Yeah, this is a win-win for the cha- for the champions team. Either Tanya goes home, or the leader of the women on the challengers goes home. It's win-win. Susie says that they can't act like Wes is volunteering himself when <laughs> he says that he'll go in because he would have gone in no matter what. He just threw the challenge. It's not like he has any swing here. Kenny says that, uh, or Wes says 
ask asks if he can choose someone. Kes, Kenny says that he would be open to that. Uh, and is like pretty much like, who do you want? And Wes says that Kelly in, or he told Kellyanne that he wouldn't choose Kahara. Uh, Joanna says that she wants Wes to go in against Nick. And Wes says that he wants to go in against Chet. Mostly everyone else agrees. Or pretty much everyone else agrees except for uh, Joanna. And so Wes will go in against Chet. DM will go again in against Tanya. After this, Wes says that he's a little bit hurt about the way that the nomination was handled. And he said that he like once felt close with a lot of these people. And so he says he feels, feels hurt. Uh, before the elimination, we're going to skip through a lot of this. Brad starts to talk up, tries to talk up DM and motiv- motivate DM because I think Brad at this point starts to see the writing on the wall that this could go south for him in a hurry and that he needs DM to perform well here. This is, this is essentially the leader for the women of the, of the, of the challengers. Uh, Tanya, we have another moment with Tanya where she starts to stumble around the house drunk. Uh, Evan says that Tanya makes herself an easy target. And Chet and Tanya have a conversation. And Chet tries to kind of like, after a while, start, tries to start to console Tanya and uh, just talks with her. Um, but again, another extremely uncomfortable moment uh, in light of everything that we talked about on, on the top of the show. Um, in the next scene, uh, Adam and Derek start to wrestle, people start to party, uh, and because Wes pretty much made his room kind of like this, from the living room downstairs that he put a, a room divider in that him and Kelly and sleep on this couch, everyone's partying right outside Wes's room, and he asks them to be quiet, and after everything that happened that day... I mean, they're just trying to be louder and louder. He ends up moving upstairs with Kellyanne so he can get some sleep before the elimination the next day. And in the last scene before uh, the elimination, Johnny tries to talk up Chet and give him some motivation. Jarrell tells Chet that he can win. And then Joanna goes downstairs to wish Wes good luck uh, for about what's about to happen. Is, is so, it better for them at this point if West stays or if he goes? Stay. Just because he can keep winning eliminations, right? It seems yeah. like it's not going to be that easy He's to throw these things. You want to keep him around as long as possible, provided you can keep winning challenges. Like, realistically, this this really can't play out much better. Like, the whole season for Johnny, Evan, and Kenny, right? Like, everything. Oh, it's a walk in the park. Like, every the only thing that would have been, like, better for them is if Susie loses the last elimination against Casey. That's the only way that it could have been better. Sure. I know, but, like, I mean, that's it. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, everything goes their way. Yeah, it did. You know, it's it's nuts. I mean, even Brad gets sent home, and, like, Darrell getting sent home, like, he's a good competitor, but that's more of the money for them. More like, money it, that goes back in the pot. They said everybody that got kicked off, the money went yeah, back in the like, pot. This is just – and the, the rest of this cast outside of West is just so, like – all right, whatever. Like, Sarah's is like, yeah, chill. Like, that's fine. We'll just do it this way. Um, I can't believe Cyrus. I know we'll get to it in a later episode. I just can't believe Cyrus really thought they were going to play fair. Like, I just, like, that blows my mind. He doesn't have that much experience with these people, to be fair. Yeah, he doesn't know them. He hasn't been on any yeah. season with Johnny, Evan, or Kenny. 
like not. And back in the day, they actually did kind of play it fair. Yeah, like think and about so he's like, used to the Inferno, where like everybody's taking turns. Like no, people are still playing to win for themselves, but people are taking turns, and there is some type of mutual agreement there. The last season that he's on is Gauntlet too, right? Where people are still they're voting and people they have somewhat of like a respectful relationship with each other. There's, there's definitely way more honor in the show going on than at this point, right? Where uh, Derek doesn't want to make a, a different, want to call someone out between David and Timmy at the very end, and Timmy ends up telling Derek to choose him, right? Like, you think you think that's going to happen in this season at the very no, end? No, you, you see where Johnny, I mean, Evan and Kenny eventually stab Johnny in the back because one of them has to go in. Or where, how it's Johnny's turn to go in. And Johnny, who does Johnny try and say that he should go? Johnny says, "Why isn't Kenny like down near himself to go no, into the jungle?" No, 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 no. think I'm going into the jungle? No, there's another. There's another time when Johnny tries to throw someone under the bus. I can't remember. Well, it's probably like, Derek. I mean, nobody's even touching Evan. And Evan and Kenny just start to laugh because they realize what Johnny's trying to do, and he's just yeah. trying to like block his way out of having gone to elimination. But, um. The elimination for episode one is shoots and ladder ladders. There are two bamboo pillars parallel to each other going vertical in the air. Each player will take bamboo poles from a pile and place them on the vertical poles, trying to build a ladder that goes up in the air. Once a ladder is built, you will climb the ladder and ring the gong at the top. The first person at the top to ring the gong wins. And this is a pretty standard elimination that we see. Like, I mean, I feel like... I think it's relatively creative, but it's not... Yeah, it's not, like... We see versions of this a few more times over the years. I would... I guess put it this way is better. It's like, I would definitely wouldn't... I don't mind this as an elimination. I think it's good. Um, Yeah, it is good. Much innovative. There's definitely skill involved. Um, And the one note that I would want to make with this is the harness is short enough that it makes it difficult for the contestants to grab bamboo poles from the pile as they go and try and retrieve them. Like like run like you're flying up in the air. Yeah. So I, there's really not much to talk about this. West beats Chet. Uh, Chet, to- is, Chet is wearing a tank top with a bow tie in his confessionals, which I thought was notable. It's a very odd look. Yeah. Uh, Casey has a confessional where she says that Chet is beating Wes at one point. Who knows if that is actually true? Uh, Cassie, how off the mark do we think the average like cast member confessional during elimination is? Like, I think at this point they're feeding them lines. Uh, yeah, seriously, they're reading off a teleprompter. I mean, at this point, half of them are still probably drunk while they're watching the elimination. How do they have, like they're not even paying attention during half of it? I'm sure. There is. A, I do like the most the, the most muted applause ever when Wes wins, and there's like a couple people who are like, "All right, we'll clap just because that's what we have to do." Like contractually obligated to, but we're contractually no obligated to clap, <laughs> not catch the clap, but clap. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, Wes wins. Then we get Tony versus DM. Uh, Tony wins in a closer matchup. There's just not much there. Yep. Let's leave it at that. DM goes home. Brad is like, not only is he seeing the writing on the wall at this point, he has the, the, the writing. The, the bug the, eyes the, came out. The, the novel is written. It's been turned into a movie and he's seen the movie. Uh, it's, it's done. Uh, after the challenge uh, on a bus ride home. Uh, I won't get into that. Uh, 
There's not much there, yeah. There's not much there. After the challenge, Katie uh, tells Johnny that they need to be nicer to Wes. Kenny uh, tells Katie that they can't give Wes what he wants. And Evan says that they're going to take away all, all, all of his options. And their strategy is always um, to throw in Wes from here on out. And that gets us into episode two. Uh, so before the challenge in episode two, Evan and Johnny talk with Susie about what to do Wes with Wes and whether or not to throw him in. And so, like, even as you can see, as we transition into episode two, this is the narrative. The narrative in the two episodes that we're talking about today, it's Wes. That's it. It's Wes and J.E.K. That's all we're talking about for, uh, what is it? It's how many minutes of airtime? We've got, like, a few interspliced challengers meetings, which half of us also talk about Wes. Yeah. Between the two episodes, we're talking about, let's see here, 42 minutes plus 103. So we're talking about an hour and 45 minutes is basically focused on Wes. If I went back and did the fantasy scoring for this season, put it this way, Wes is scoring three times as many points as anybody else. He he is Michael Jordan dunking on people. Like he's telling people where he's going to go and try to make, stop this shot. I mean, he he ran away with it. Rob, if you did... Fantasy points per minute, uh, so you like adjust for like length of episodes as newer seasons have longer episodes. Sure. Is that? Do you think this would be the the most, or what do you like from from your perspective? Because uh, I have no idea what goes into the scoring, even though we've done this for like going on three years now. Four I have no or five idea. seasons, yeah, yeah. Like what? Like who? What would be the most fantasy points per minute for an episode? Was this actually really going to War of the Worlds one um, points per minute? Uh, I mean, this, this pro- it might be this. He, he he's just on another level here, just because he's in every single interaction. Yeah, uh, like CT rivals one. I would say is probably another super high score. But yeah, th- this is probably it. Like it, it's it's especially per minute. Yeah. All right. Uh, Evelyn says that. Uh, well, hold on. All right. So Evan says that. Uh, He's done nothing. Wes has done nothing to repair their relationship. And Evelyn says that they need to make peace with him. She says that if Wes is on their side and trying to help them win, she doesn't think she sees the challengers ever having a chance to stop them in any way, which she's not wrong. Yeah. Um, but even regardless of that, they still don't. Yeah, they don't have much of a chance like any, with anything. Even with Wes throwing uh, missions. With his, yeah, Wes is coming to throw missions and they're still like... Still losing. Well, yeah. <laughs> How many did they win the whole season? One. They win one the entire episode three. One. And you can pretty much blame Casey for three losses. On Champs versus Stars, the Stars don't win any in the second season. That doesn't count. And uh, um, War of the Wolves two. I I like. I mean, War of the Wolves two. It's not that bad, but uh, the the first two (laughs) missions that you every mission. The first two teams, the UK team, the first two missions the UK team wins, the US threw both of them. Yeah. All right. Um, Joanna wants, so along with Evelyn, Joanna wants the men to talk with Wes and try and work something out, right? They want some type of peace to be reached. Kellyanne and Evelyn talk about their relationship. So this is kind of foreshadowing for what's going to happen at the end of the episode where Evelyn will go in against elimination. Uh, in elimination against Kellyanne. They talk about their relationship and how they're friends. Uh, 
Evelyn tells Kellyanne that the champion women are scared of her, and she says it's mainly Joanna and Abyss. Wes, in the next scene, talks with Joanna about uh, him and about how she wants there to be some type of compromise, and Joanna, in a confessional, says that there's something about Kellyanne that she dislikes, and she doesn't know what it is. And I would guess that she's dating Gwes might be the chief factor there. There may be something there. We get the clue scene. Um, after the clue scene, Johnny, Kenny, Katie, and Joanna are in a scene. Joanna says that they're going to go after Wes, or going to go after Kel- Oh, all right. So this is where the, like, the, the pivot point for the episode happens. This is where the narrative for the episode is set up. Johnny says that they're going to go after Kellyanne to make Wes's life more difficult. And Katie says that she, she's going to nominate herself uh, before the challenge for that day. And Johnny says, how would you feel if Evelyn went in versus Kellyanne and you didn't? And Katie is, of course, all over this. And in my notes here, so they, Johnny, Evan, and Kenny put Evelyn in against Kellyanne here, right? So my thing is that, is this necessary? Like, Oh, God, no. So, right. So this isn't necessary. So what this kind of reminds me of is this is like a Russell Hans move. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is not necessary. You don't need to do this. You don't need to, like, piss Evelyn off. Like, what? Like, who, who <laughs> well, gets, she's like, the best girl on their team. I know. That's what I mean. Like, wouldn't you rather and have... And she and Kellyanne are best friends. So it's like, what are you thinking? Evelyn, wouldn't you rather, rather potentially have Evelyn on your team at the end instead of Susie? Right? Like, I mean, in a final... Is well, that's part of the thing with this? They they can afford to just mess around, and it doesn't even like matter. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you just you just made up with this woman in, in on the island, right? Like there was some type of understanding reached. Like I, I don't get what the point of this is. is they're just there's they were so focused on West, they didn't think about the fallout of what just being mean. That's really what it is. Like yeah, like, they're, they're just, just being mean. That's yeah. fair. And they're that's, just that's, mean. That's why I say that this is a Russell Hans move, right? Like Russell Hans yeah. was notorious for making really unnecessary moves that were just downright mean. Like that was like the biggest criticism that people that played with Russell Hans had is that he's like unnecessarily mean. Like there's no point for some of the stuff that he did. Um, I, I it's it's just like <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, an example. An example like it, it's like in sports, how they're like once you're ahead by like 30 points in basketball, let's say you take you just like you dribble off the clock. That's what it is. It's like if instead of doing that, you're like throwing alley oops to like your teammates as, as the clock is running down. I think this is even beyond that. This is like if in baseball you're up like 25 to zero, and you have a runner on first, you're stealing second, and you're going in like spikes up into second base against the shortstop. Um. It's, yeah, it's really it's, it's hard to come up with a good comparison for it just because it's also like they're willing to just like have the best one on their team be sacrificed as just a, a sacrificial lamb. And I mean, I do think there is a decent amount of chance for blowback because if she just beats Kellyanne and is now with Wes and is helping him throw missions, that's not good for them at all. Because at this point, Evelyn has done nothing to them, right? Like, no. all has done this season. Evelyn's is- actually been a big benefit because she's actually working to try to calm Wes down, which they really should want him to, like, not be ag- aggressively trying to throw missions. And she's yeah. trying to get them to, like, come, sort, come to some sort of peace, right? Her and Johanna yeah. have been in, like, they've been, like, vocal about how they want this to work out, right? I, and I think that only helps them. But I don't know. 
So I mean, I, I think you're right. This this is actually a decent. I didn't even really think about it that way because if Evelyn beats Kellyanne and is now just aligned with Wes, for one, I think she would do a better job than he does of convincing a few more people to be aware of what's going on here. And to have and two of them, two strong two. people trying to throw missions, that that's that's trouble all of a sudden. Yeah, that would have been much more compelling for the rest of the season. Oh my gosh, well, yeah, it would have been. So, I mean, if you have Wes and Evelyn against J.E.K., and then they're able to pull Katie and a few other people, like, it starts to, the numbers start to tilt a little and bit. Then, and now it's a ball game. Yeah. <laughs> so, the Challenger meeting occurs. Siobhan nominates herself. Casey does the same thing. Or, well, I guess before this, before we get into the Challenger meeting, Evan is having breakfast, or what I, I think is breakfast, I'm not sure what it is, with, could be lunch, uh, with Casey and Sarah, he lets them in on the plan about how they need the rookie women to vote in Kellyanne so they can pick Kellyanne versus Evelyn. The rookie women, why they're going along with this and why they're putting in their strong, one of their strongest women, you know, like, God help them. Uh, I, I, well, I mean, for the, their, for their sake, it's not them. I think it was their rationale. Yeah, the rationale is it's not them. I also think you have to take into account Casey's relationship with Johnny, Evan, and Kenny from past seasons. Like, they're they're friends and friendly. And then Sarah's brand new, so she's trying to stay out because usually the rookies are the sacrificial lambs. So I forget it, if it's the offer later on, but when Sarah has the confession, she's like, what should Kellyanne expect? She's, like, sleeping with the other team. For one thing, it's the challenge. That happens all the time. But Wes <laughs> is, like... Wes's other teamness is very much up for question at this point. So I, she may be kind of an accent in that realm. There are three teams on this challenge. There's the champions, the challengers, and Wes. Yeah. So and a few people and get Kelly sucked Ann. into the West. Well, there's a few people that get sucked into the West team, unfortunately, for them. Alright. So the challenger meeting happens. Siobhan nominates herself. Casey does the same. And the vote happens here where they pretty much put in Kellyanne, but they don't, well, they, I guess they don't show it. The, the ultimate nomination happens at the challenge, which we're here. Nominations happen. The challengers uh, vote. Kellyanne gets sent in. Casey and Siobhan are the other two. And for the men, Kahara, Nick, and Nick are voted in. They have the most votes because at this point, the challengers are still voting for who will go in. And then Danny and Adam tie for the third amount most amount of votes, and Danny uh, goes in. So for the champions, Wes tries to, you know, he th- this is Wes's attempt at trying to make peace. He says that he wants to, to start for, with a clean slate. He wants this to be fair. He says that he'll even go in this time. He'll agree that he's going to go into elimination this time. And as long as they do a rotation going forward, they do a rotation for two of the guys' spots, and for the third guy's spot, they will draw that out of a hat. And Johnny and Everton and Kenny are like, sure, yeah, let's do it. Fine. Like, <laughs> like, they don't care. They they know that like they're just gonna like turn around and just not do that in the, like the next chance that they get. Yeah. Um and I love how Wes is such a dick in response to like it's the most dickhead response possible. Well, congratulations, I'm gonna try and we're gonna win today. It's like, come on, man. Mean? He's on the he's on the challenge. What, what do you expect him to do? I mean, it's just such a dick thing to say. But here's the thing: if he really wanted to make the power play, him throwing this challenge would be easy peasy lemon squeezy. Like this would be the easiest. Just push people off if they come in on the rope. 
Well, not even just that. He just gets on the rope and falls 10 times. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, well, they still would have been tired with the challengers at that point, right? Because, I mean, they don't make it, I'll make it. Right, but it's all like it's <laughs> the, the the challengers all make it except for Siobhan, and all the challengers would make it except for Wes, and he could just keep screwing around until this is all done. Like again, like you said too, let's say he finally lands on the platform, he could push people off. Like I mean, it would be so simple. This would be the cha- if he was going to pull his power play. This was the challenge to do it, and he got outsmarted. I mean, I guess, I guess that's a move, right, Rob? Like swing over there and try and grab someone while you're over that's there. That's what I, I mean. That's what he would have to. But I don't know. Like, would they let him go first at that point? I don't really think so. No, he's going like last or in the middle. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how much he really is able to do that. But so <laughs> this challenge is called. We'll get into exactly. Well, for the the champion women, that's the only uh, part of this that we haven't stated explicitly. It's Katie, Susie, and Evelyn. This challenge is called Swing on By. There are two platforms suspended over the water with a fence in between the two platforms. Each person on each team will swing from the first platform on a rope and around the fence to the other platform. The platform that you swing to, the second platform, has a small ledge on it to be able to balance yourself on once you swing to it. So you swing around, you get kind of get like a running start, you're around the fence, and then you get to the second platform, but there isn't much room for you to be able to stand on once you get all your momentum going towards it. If you fall off, you have to go back to the original platform and attempt to swing around the fence again. And you do this until you land on the second platform successfully. It's a timed event, and the team with the players on this, the most players on the second platform wins. Um, and if there's a tie, the team that does it the fastest wins. So the... The thing is, you're allowed to go again consistently, right? So what's the cutoff? Yes. Yeah, that's what I don't get with what happens with Siobhan, yeah. right? I don't know. They, there had to be some type of cutoff because Siobhan's never going to make it. I don't know. I think she it, quit because of her injury. Maybe there was some type of time limit, and they just didn't say it explicitly. I don't know. And, so, and there would have to be something there. Because like, like you said, I mean, Wes hypothetically could just go on and just jump off. Consistent. What, what are they going to do? Exactly. So the the prize for this challenge is twenty thousand dollars in a, a Rovio mobile webcam. Um, the champs have to sit out two players. Uh, Katie and Cyrus sit out. Adam uh, says for the ch- the challengers that they want the first two pla- people across the flat platform to be guys, so that the guys can help the women as they swing across. So Danny and Adam swing across first. Uh, Let's just go over the highlights for the women. There's definitely a couple noticeable ones. When Casey swings around the fence, the first time she <laughs> swings around the fence, and when she gets close to the second platform, she doesn't have enough momentum built up. So she kind of like goes to, it's not that she doesn't make it all the way to the platform. She goes to like the side of the platform and off like the production part of the platform and kind of like, it looks like she gets like a bloody nose or something and then gets it soon after. But And then Danny starts yelling at her. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Someone. Uh, not me, break down what some people consider the fu- one of the funniest moments in the history of the show. Go. Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm going to be the asshole then. Uh, first of all, the name of the episode is called The Booby Trap. So <laughs> what we're about to talk about. Yeah. 
It's the namesake of the really episode. Is that really the that name? That is literally the name of the episode, episode is the booby Holy trap. <laughs> Somebody had a bad sense of humor at Beauty uh, Murray. Is it two on the nose? It's a little much. It's a little harsh considering. Yeah. So basically, Siobhan is the last challenger to do this swing. And she gets maybe eight feet off the platform falls and basically belly flops into the water and immediately is in pain and starts going, I think I popped my implant. So I will say, and I her- will say real quick, I will say that the rookie or the, the champion's reaction to her falling is almost funnier than the fall itself. Like the fall, yeah. whatever, like you don't, you don't want to see people get hurt, but the reaction to yeah. that the champions give is insane. And so I'll say Evan, that- Johnny, and Kenny look like they shat themselves laughing. Like that's how hard they were laughing. And then I'll, I'll say this quote, and then you can continue. But when Siobhan goes and tries to go the second time, uh, Danny starts screaming at her. She says, "Quote, Danny, I think I busted my implant." In quote, my fucking Danny- implant. Let's get this right now. She and then says, Danny-, "Danny, I think I busted my fucking implant." <laughs> and then Danny goes, I-, "I don't know. Just the way he says it is hilarious." He get- goes. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! He's really in game mode. We even skipped over earlier when he catches Casey as she's like about to fall. Oh off. yeah, like, he, he's he putting in an effort this season. Like that's the that's why I love Danny. Like the show needs more Dannys. People that are completely inept but have no idea their place in the game. The mobile like, ICU. They show the mobile ICU flying in there. It's really booking it. It pulls like the Fast and the Furious like stop and screech as they're like going to pick up Siobhan. Like, yeah. It's a scene. So here's what's even funnier. So I've already told, already said that like Danny, I think I busted my fucking implant. Danny goes, I don't give a shit. And Siobhan goes, oh, Danny, if I busted my fucking implant and then trails off. Like that, that is the, the scene. She starts screaming, no, I can't. Danny keeps screaming at her. The champ, the ch- the champs are laughing, and then Siobhan takes flight again and belly flops a second time, and that's the end of the challenge because she's hurt, like hurt, hurt probably. So it, it yeah, and then she keeps saying the words. I think I popped my fucking implant. She really loves talking about popping her fucking implant. Like she made sure that f bomb accompanied the injury every time so so the um good the times challenge, the challengers get 11 of 12 people across as long as the champs get more than that or the same in a faster amount of time they win uh no one falls off everyone gets across successfully the beast has a slight hiccup where she hits the fence and falls but they win the the six members of the champions who were nominated for elimination will now decide the fate of elimination we get to the nomination. Johnny asks Wes who he wants to go in against because at this point it's assumed Wes will go in. He he already stated as much. Uh, Wes, who does he decide on? Uh, he picks Nick. He does pick Nick. That's right. Um, and then this is a really good moment here. So Evelyn says that she'll go in as long as she can pick Casey, right? Like she doesn't think that there's going to be any pushback here. She says, I'll go in if... I can pick Casey. Wes is like, yeah, I'm good with that. And Johnny in a very like kind of like reserved way with like his hand over his mouth is like, you know, we're, we're not good with that. 
and like completely like out of mo nowhere blindside moment trying to pretend like he doesn't realize what he's doing right that he's not completely no. just like stabbing evelyn in the face uh completely out of nowhere because that's what's going on like by all like by all appearances, they were completely fine with each other this season. Like we didn't we didn't. Yeah, Evelyn seems very much like almost like in league with what they're doing. Like she's like peacemaking with Wes. She's as active as anybody. It's just so unnecessary, dude. Like it's, it's very unnecessary. They did everything wrong in terms of how to deal with this situation, and that's what I mean. I, like, they like handled this so poorly, but it still works out for them. You know, like, yeah, well, they just have so much leeway. Like, I mean, they could, they, the thing is, they could pull this maneuver off probably three more times. And they're still, because everybody else is either so clueless or so inept, nothing else is going to happen. Yeah. Oh, it won't happen to me. Yeah, it will. That's, but you know what's really funny in this situation is watching Susie's reaction, because she's 100% in on it, of course. And watching her try not to laugh as the fight starts is incredible. So this, this pretty much, we're, this kicks off, that was the first shot in what is top five biggest fights in the history of the show, what we're yeah. about to talk about. Yeah, top easily. Three? I don't know. Top like, five, top five. It could be top three, but it's definitely top five. So Johnny tries to rationalize with them and says, the reason that they've won the last two challenges is because Casey and Siobhan, uh, well, so or on the team, yeah, I basically. guess we should say that this is this this is where they say that they want Evelyn to go in against Kellyanne, and Johnny says that he doesn't want to risk losing Casey or Siobhan because they're the reasons that they one of the reasons they won the last two challenges. I think he says the reason, but I don't know, I don't remember. So Evelyn says that he she doesn't want to go in against Kellyanne. Johnny says that the women on their team have voted, and he's going to back them. That's who they want. <laughs> and Evelyn and Wes start to flip out. Wes and John start to scream in each other's face, like face-to-face, -face, right next to each other, an inch apart. Evelyn says that she's never been so angry or betrayed. Johnny pushes Evelyn out of the way as Evelyn is kind of like in her face. And Wes starts to scream at Johnny about pushing Evelyn. Um, Evelyn starts to scream at Susie. TJ comes in and says, all right, you guys aren't at a consensus. It's time to make a vote. We're going to figure this out. It comes down to a tie, or not a tie. It comes down to three votes for uh, Kel Kellyanne and versus Evelyn, and two votes for Evelyn versus Casey. Derek is the deciding vote. Exact same thing that happened in the island. It comes down to him, and just like in the island, Derek decides to go with JEK, sends in Evelyn versus Kellyanne, and that's the elimination for episode two. But we've only just begun. Uh, <laughs> the fight continues Cyrus, Cyrus, literally Cyrus says as much here when he says quote I need a drink it's about to go down it's going to be like I mean, Elvin and Wes are all through the door and like you're surprised we're not bringing like hammers in with them like it, it, it's it's smashed out scene Wes and Wes goes Wes and Evelyn go into the champs room and start screaming Wes said that the, the champions blew it because they just have the, the two strongest people in the house are upset and they're now against them. Kenny says, Wes has been out of shape and he's loving every single minute of it. Evelyn starts to kick stuff around the house. He kicks a lamb. She's pissed off. And the next scene is Wes, Kellyanne, and Evelyn in some staircase. Evelyn is crying and 
Wes breaks the news to Kellyanne that Kellyanne will now have to go in against her best friend in the house, Evelyn. Thoughts to this point? Do I keep going? Okay, we got to keep going because the next scene is even more surreal where Evan goes back in, or uh, Wes goes back in the room like a gangster and he's so pissed that he can't even say words. He just starts pointing, like just pointing at people angrily. Like he's just, he cannot get words out. He's so pissed. So they're in a large, uh, they're in a, in a room with a large group of people. And what Susie says, quote, we're watching a total mania, in quote, in reference to West. And that pretty much sums up Trace's description that he just had. She says she's worried it's going to get violent. Danny tries to talk Evelyn down. And Danny and Evelyn do seem to have a relationship throughout their time on the show. Um, mm. Just stemming back from Fresh Meat, they were each other's original partners on, on the show. And Johnny and Wes start to scream in each other's faces again. Wes uh, says he's... Uh, well, Wes says at this point he's more mad at Johnny than he is at Kenny, which says a lot because Kenny hooked up with his former girlfriend on national TV who he thought he was his friend. Um, and there's a funny moment here when Wes like, fake headbutts at Johnny very quickly and Johnny like spills his water yeah, water bottles everywhere very funny uh and then in the next scene um Evelyn talks to Kellyanne and Wes about how she's not going to help these guys win again she just went through this on the island she sees the writing on the wall she sees what's down the road and she's not going to cut another deal with these people and they're exactly who they were before they haven't changed um and she doesn't want to win the elimination against Kellyanne tomorrow. And that's pretty much where we get Evelyn first talking about how she's going to throw the elimination. So in a brief divergent from that drama. Uh, hey, before we go to the next piece, I just want to say something here about Evan and Kenny's political masterpiece they're orchestrating here. They cause, I know Johnny was like the front man for all of this stuff, but notice how Evan and Kenny are completely absent from this vote. They made sure Johnny was the one in there. Derek's there because Derek's just going to go with what the mob tells him to do. Like they're never in the room when something like this happens. They find a way to make Johnny the face of it. Well, I mean, Johnny, time. Johnny is the one who proposes the thing, the plan to kid. You'd obviously assume just based on how everything happens this season that Kenny and Evan were very involved. But yeah, I what happened here. Yeah, he he makes the play to Katie, but you can't tell me Johnny did that without Kevin and or uh, Kenny and Evan's blessing. And I like, do really think it is. I think there is a significant chance this just completely blows up on them, and Evan sticks around, and then they're like they have two people like trying like crazy to throw missions and pull other people to their side. And this right here is why I say Evelyn. I cannot put her number one in my top six because like. I get it. She morally doesn't want to help these people win. But you know what? You fucking quit. You quit. And you could have come back and had a way more memorable moment and run away with title of the number one female ever on this show. But you know what she did? You quit. You quit. My thing is, I feel like half the people quit just not in this dramatic a fashion. Like, I think Laurel basically quits in her elimination against Camilla. She just isn't, like, a crazy person as she's doing it. Yeah, you disagree with that, or I, I'm I'm just standing by my statement. Like I this th- rewatching this made me go, yes, I'm glad I picked Paula over Evelyn in our top six. I'm not going to get involved in this. 
right. So we'll let Discord speak on this. So we'll get back to our side trail that we've got to talk about now with Siobhan. Siobhan comes back into the house. Uh, Kenny and Evan are a little bit, they're ridiculous the way that they act when she comes back in the house. Pretty inappropriate. No. Uh, can't go home. Siobhan says that she has to leave. And they start having a montage of Siobhan speaking to pretty much every person in the house, telling them that uh, it's really serious, severe bruise. They had a plastic surgeon had to drive 20 miles away to come see her. Uh, She is like on a ton of meds. uh, And they pretty much like go through the same narrative with everyone uh, over and over. Siobhan goes home. yeah, that's about all I have to say with that. Then we get a conversation between Wes and Evan. Wes tells Evan that his feelings are hurt and what Evan has done is stupid and short-sighted. Uh, and Evan goes, yeah, what we did is pretty dumb and short-sighted. <laughs> He's pretty much just like patronizing him at this point because like he doesn't like... For, for him, like at this point, he knows he's never going to work with Wes. There's like no point in even having this conversation. Uh and it's all while Evan is, I think, eating a cup of noodles, too. So It is. Uh, yep. Johnny, uh, in, a, in the next scene, says that the bridges with Wes are not even burnt. They're torched. They're non-existent. And Johnny tries to talk up Nick before they go into elimination. In the last scene before elimination, Evelyn says that she doesn't want to be... Uh, she doesn't want to have to... What does she say? She basically just doesn't want to help them win money again and well, compromise she, herself. She doesn't. I, oh, I know what she said. She says she doesn't want to be there, but she doesn't want to have to throw it. Right. She doesn't want to have to like, she doesn't want to be part of this, but at the same time, like she, like in her competitive nature is telling her like not to throw the elimination. Um, we get to the elimination, Evelyn versus Kellyanne, Nick versus Wes. The elimination is shadow fighter. Each player will have their wrist. Elimination. And, yeah, each player will have their wrists and ankles attached to their opponent through a set of ropes. Right, so you have some cuffs on your hands on each of your wrists, and then you have a, a cuff on your left leg and a cuff on your right leg. The opposite end of the rope that's attached to your cuff is attached to the corresponding cuff of your opponent. Each player will position on top of a platform across from the other. When the elimination begins, each player will attempt to pull their opponent off their platform by moving the ropes. The first person to pull their opponent off their platform three times wins the elimination. And on cue, Ed Harris, well, I should say, not Ed Harris, I was going to say Ed Harris in the Truman Show, Johnny Mosley in the, in, in the sky view above, cues the rain, starts to pour, West versus Nick. And this one was kind of interesting because... Rob, I think we're going to be on the same page as this. What did you think? So what was allowed in this that uh, I don't think should have been allowed? And I'm curious to see if you think should be allowed as well. Um, I really I really don't know what you're getting at, to be honest. So they allowed West to score the first point while being on his back when you weren't allowed to be on your back. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. So I have an issue with that. Like, re- realistically, it probably would have mattered, like, uh, West yeah. still probably would have won three to zero. Who, who knows? Um, but that's really he, he's I, able to move Nick around pretty easily. It seems. Yeah, but at it, it, the beginning, Nick actually kind of does a decent job in the first round because he mm-hmm. gets West to fall, fall on his back. Um, the, also, one quick thing: 
every cast member basically confirmed that all of the rain for this season is actually like producer rain. Like it's it is, fake. It's, it's fake, fake rain. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I even had that in my notes. I had that in my notes, but then when the next elimination started, I was like, well, why wouldn't they have just done it there, too? It didn't make sense. All right, so here's the thing. This elimination, I think, was real rain because there's a pan, and you can see rain behind them offset. So I think this was legit rain. The future one where, like, Dunbar and Johnny have the rope and everything, the cast on either side is completely dry, and TJ is completely dry, and only the competitors are wet. I will say, for that elimination where it's Susie versus Kim, uh, I think it really does add a lot to the scene. I mean, I think it's it's, it's Mm -hmm. definitely one of the, uh, one of my, I like that elimination quite a bit. Uh, We mentioned it a couple times in the top six. It's a good one. It's a really good one when we get to it. We'll talk about it. It's good. So, Wes handles Nick 3-0. Nick goes home. Uh, then we get Kellyanne versus Evelyn. Evelyn looks like she could completely dominate Kellyanne. She's not even wearing a jersey, by the way. She's just wearing a black shirt. Yeah, like she didn't wear her challengers. Shirt, I don't think it's black. Unless one of us is know. She did not. Maybe. She did not wear her champ shirt, period. Uh... For the first point, Evelyn stumbles off the platform like when she's clearly winning. Uh, then Evelyn wins the next two points. And then she pretty much she throws the elimination, right? It I mean, K- Kellyanne's like trying to pull her, and Evelyn's like barely moving. Like, it's, she's yeah. just like standing yeah. there. So Kellyanne is using all of her strength to pull, try and pull Evelyn off. And they pan to Evelyn, and she's just like toying with her. Like, it looks like Evelyn's barely like trying. And she just tiptoes to the edge of the platform at the very front and then just jumps off on her own volition. Um, she's a quitter. I just I, I, I just can't get behind that. I, I think it's a, a crazy take. TJ would, TJ would agree with Trace, I would say, based off of his comments here where he says that... Uh, uh, I'm going to back to my position more. What did, what does he say exactly? I don't remember. Like he didn't think that he would ever see Evelyn. She, like, she, he said he says like I guess the hate in her heart for her team was more than her desire to win the season or something. Something yeah. along those lines. So Evelyn starts to cry and says goodbye to Kellyanne. That ends the elimination for episode two. The next day, Joanna talks about Wes going home and about how she wants him to go home. Uh, and Joanna tells Wes that. If he throws the final challenge, if he happens to make it all the way to the end, if he runs the gauntlet and throws the final challenge, she will sell their house that they collectively bought together worth $300,000, or that's what she says, and do this because her name is on the deed to the house. And this is one of those moments where it's clearly played up. Like, I don't even think this would hold up. It's still a crazy threat, but yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, being played up here. Yeah. And that's the end of. The well, then you get the episode. final. You get the little Evan Veronica moment at the very end that kind of gets teased, and then it ends. So yeah. Well, that's one thing times. I think we, we skipped over a little bit. If Evelyn wins and just comes back and like for for whatever reason uh, under the sun decides not to throw the missions, what do we think happens from there? Chaos. Yeah, I mean, I would want to know what Legit happens. Chaos. Uh, She really just didn't. For her, I can understand why she did it. 
She just oh, hundred percent. She got stabbed in the back out of absolutely nowhere for no reason. She she just lived through this. She just did this. She just mm-hmm. like went through hell with Johnny and Kenny for however many days long the island was, and at the end, turn coded, helped them win money, and she just doesn't want to do it again. And I don't blame her. Yeah, she could she could actively help them not win money if she does come back though. Yeah, it's true. The other thing too that still Kenny said it in his confessional, and I one hundred percent agree with him. In the process of quitting, she made sure Kellyanne looked as bad as possible. Like it was very much all about Evelyn. Like I could have won this, and blah 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 blah. It's like, well, if you I, I, leave, I think she's legitimately indecisive. I don't think. No, so. I don't think so. I think she knows. Well, she, she wins too. I think she was trying to prove a point to the champions, and in the process, it made her best friend look really bad. I kind of agree with Kenny a little bit. I don't think he, I think he was a little too harsh in his confessional, but I agree. It's like, hey, if you're going to quit, just fucking quit. Like, just just take the dive. Don't like, try to prove a point. Like, I just have just, a hard time. You can't say with uh, Kenny can be getting mad at anybody else for trying to prove a point. I, I just think that's crazy. He just made an entire scene to try to prove a point. Like, literally, he orchestrated an entire episode and cost their best girl just to prove some arbitrary point about how much he hates Wes. You know what? There, Nothing happened to him because of it either. He like, still I, won I, the I, season. I, there was literally zero fallout on their team for this decision. That's the other thing that's crazy. Literally, no one was pissed off about it when it was what, done. They took with a bunch of loony cast members who don't do anything. They just sit around. All right. Uh, let's start wrapping this thing up. Yeah, yeah. we went to uh, yeah. Rob thought we could get three in. I'm like, come on. Well, the third man. episode, nothing happens. The third episode's pretty like pretty cut and dry. Yeah, but at that point, we're like close to like two, we're two hours and sixteen minutes in. Like, it's yeah. time to stop. <laughs> like the the video, like the time that it's going to take this video to render is going to be like eight hours, dude. My, my AirPods have died. My AirPods have died to collective about sixteen times. So I've been trying to switch them back and yeah. forth and charge them. So at the same time. we usually don't do letter grades on these like blocks of episodes, but if we have to give letter grades, there's nothing short of an A plus for these first. Two I mean, episodes. like it's just hard. This the, the Tanya stuff is its own thing. So the I, Tanya I just, stuff is hard, but like when you look at the drama just surrounding Jek and Wes and the Evelyn Kelly and like dude the fights the competition it's good it's really stinking good I don't know if I can like rank this season anymore like I just I don't know if I can do it Uh, it's it's always been kind of my position with it it's just one of those things where it's just in its own bucket this is so I ranked in I'll, I'll talk about this now I ranked this season number one when we initially did our first season ranking, when I watched this season at the time, I don't know if I even like was aware of, uh, or well, definitely when I watched the season at the time, like the, when it first aired, I was in college and I was watching it live. And so I was definitely not aware of like any of the allegations. And then the only other time that I rewatched it before today, I don't think I was aware of anything that was going on at the time then as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I can't do it. Uh, fair enough. No, that's fair. That's completely fair. Yeah, it's, it, it, there's just, I always feel like with a lot of those things, there's some things that just have to get put in their own category based on outside circumstances. Like, I think this is just in that realm. For me, it's just it's just its own its own bubble. You can still, like, evaluate, evaluate parts of it, but it's very much in its own sort of bucket. 
All right, I'll say it. These episodes are fucking incredible. Like, they're, they're absolutely oh, right. Like, I'm not going to grade them. I'm not going to grade them. I'm not going to rank them. But I will say that these episodes are fucking dynamite. Like, I just think it's, again, it's just like there's the tiniest section, which is its own block of things that you just have to, like. If you could literally just delete that, like, for her sake, like, not even for and it's just, us it's, ranking. Just get rid of it for her sake. Don't embarrass the girl. You delete that. This thing is perfect. It's just that, like it's so like it's so fucked up like everything she goes through. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, like, God, it's awful. There's just negligence on the part of so many people involved that that happened. You know, like I mean, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't really Casting know. Like, people, exactly. the people on set filming, the lack of security, the cast themselves, like everything was completely negligent and inept when it came to her. And it's terrible that she went through what she did because there were so many things that could have happened to keep her from even being on this season. And the fact that they still let her go through all that is just like, it's fucking awful. It's fucking awful watching it. Because like the, we've like consistently like stuck up for her. Like when she's gotten bullied in past seasons, like in Inferno two with everything that happens with Veronica and the mean girls club. And then in this season, like when, uh, Kenny and, uh, Evan bully her like it's fucked up right there's like it's inexcusable um I don't know like that, that that's that's all I have to say about it I, I just think when we're looking at the season we almost have to look at like the, the West versus Jay, Johnny Evan Kenny parts that are very entertaining like there, there's a lot of like like in terms of combining competitive fuel and t- strategic fuel with drama in the house that's about as like there's as much of that as you can handle and then there's yeah. just other parts of it that aren't in that category yeah, I mean that's exactly what I think, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna like, like I'm not gonna like rank this anymore. Like, I'm not gonna like give it a grade anymore. But like, I will say that the parts that you just described, like, that's how I feel about them as well. Yeah, that's always been my kind of position on it. Is that the, this first this first half has entertaining parts, but also very problematic parts, whereas the back half is bland with problematic parts. Okay, so we're recording this right before. Uh, 10 days before season 37 Spies, Lies, and Allies begins. Uh, God knows when the second part of this will come out. Uh, like, uh, it, it could honestly be in six months that the next one of these comes out. So, <laughs> because realistically, we can't record these during the season. We just don't have enough time to do it. Like, at least I don't personally. Um, it, would, it would be a stretch. So, I don't know. So, everyone that's been clamoring for the, us to do this, uh, here it is. Uh, enjoy, like, I, yeah, I don't really have much more to say about it. Who fucking knows? We will get, we it will get finished, but who knows when? Like, really, because I know we do one public episode a week for everybody, which is going to be the season 37 recaps, and then we do our Patreon show, but, like, the amount of research that goes into this particular show, it's a lot, and Devin puts hours upon hours into it for the show notes, for everything, so... We will get to it, but it'll be a hot minute. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you again this next week with a couple more episodes. So have a good week. Bye.